This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over West Side, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for West Side niggas, nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match, big crocodiles with Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on the Yo, what up though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tim Foyle Hat Titan, aka the Conspiracy Realist. A.K.A. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text him with your green bubbles. A.K.A. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. A.K.A. Jay Johnson, the crowd favorite. I toot my own horn because it sounds like Miles Davis. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? Man, this band-aid was beating my ass for a second. I was having a hard time with this bitch. And it's your man, Dame. Three underscores, three one three. The West Side Landlord, the Pride of PA. High Chief Dame Don't Fuck Around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame, and the David Ruffner, the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for dame. And if you're speaking on dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It's the honorable boss dame in the building. Let's go. Uh, Welcome back. Shop Talk podcast, episode 316. On you hoes. We should have the glass shattering like Stone Cold. 316. Oh, that's hell not, yeah. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Uh, what's good, my nigga? What's up with you, man? How was your week, man? Week was rough. I started off the week with surgery. Right. I kind of kept it low. Uh, cause it was just some outpatient shit. You know, Why'd that new band aid look that bad already. <laughs> because it's, I'm trying, so look. God damn, it's been on 30 seconds. I'm trying to cover my, I'm trying to save my nail. I snagged it on something. So every time I like put my hand in my pocket, it should be like, oh, it's excruciating. So I'm just trying to save the nail. So I got to so put the, you put on the- around the top. Look, my, I don't really apply band aids mm-hmm. like that. I'm not, you just saw, like, before we came on air, like, it was taking had, me a long time to unwrap this thing. They had scotch tape on this shit. <laughs> it's me- fucking- it was medical tape. I had it. I don't have no band-aids at the house. I mean, it's probably not like a good $2 idea. $2 or something. I got, shit. like, it's small like- children. I probably should have a band-aid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I ain't had no band-aid. But, like, it's it's good enough for me. And I was eating barbecue earlier. So, like, eating barbecue with a Band-Aid on. Eating barbecue with an open wound. It's not a, it's not a wound. It's just my nail is cut. And I'm just trying to keep it. I, just, I don't think they can know how wounds work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know how wounds work. So I almost, like you said, I almost lost my foot. I'm saying. That's why you got to keep bandages. You know what I'm saying? Keep Infection clean. And shit like that. You well, know my, what I'm my man's made some rib tips. He's like, D, come get a plate. And I'm just, <laughs> just eating, just demolishing them bitches. All right. I ain't even making to the house with them hoes. They were so good. <laughs> Demolishing your <laughs> recovery efforts and shit. But anyway, I had surgery on Monday. So, you know, I'm still going with this dialysis journey and I got yeah. a port in my chest. But this bitch only supposed to be temporary and it's been there like longer than they want what they wanted. So they was either going to have to put a graft or a fistula in my arm. Uh, come again and say what? See, 
one or two things, either a graph is which I have or a fistula. The graph kind of work is like an artificial artery. Like if you, you can hear the, you can feel like the bitch pumping. So that's where they'll take the dialysis in my arm because they'll have to keep poking me over and over. Pause. So, pause. Long pause with the needle. So this is going to help, you know. Me. What's the other word though? What's a, that? A, a fistula. What, what is that? It's a device. They'd have to poke me tw- pause twice. Once in this area, oh, of the I think arm. that's where uh, freeze. That yeah, happen. and that's the Look thing, like that, a little vein. Yeah, and that's that kind of make your skin keloid and bubble up. And yeah. I didn't want the keloid shit, so they were able to get the fistula in. And the doctor was like, "I'm gonna try and avoid your tattoos as best I can," and he did. But I got like these, it's like twelve staples in my arm. These bitches hurt like hell. But mm. you know, man, God is good because it could have, you know, always. I don't be liking to deal with like the surgery and some of the back and forth shit, but like then I look could at the alternative. Worse. Like I could be dead than a motherfucker. So, you know, God is good. The doctor avoided my tattoos. I probably won't be able to get no more tattoos like on my forearm area on my right hand side. But, you know, I, for my life, I feel like it's a. You're the only person that would know there's a new tattoo on your forearm. Like once, once y'all niggas get like so many tattoos, don't nobody know you look the same. This like a dark gray. Uh, cloud like some niggas just look I'm not talking about you but like once your tattoo been there a long time like the skin kind of loosened up then you just got like a dirty arm like a a purplish bluish greenish tinted arm and shit especially light skin niggas because y'all shit can you know I really didn't think about that when I first started getting these shits I just thought they was cool and I thought Women like niggas with tattoos. I mean, at twenty two, they do. Yeah, but at forty seven, they like fuck is this? I can't take this nigga to the <laughs> to my company uh, brunch. <laughs> yeah, but at forty, like, in my job says I can't have no visible tattoos in the office, and now I can't wear short sleeve shirts ever. Now it's July. This nigga got a turtleneck on. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'll be in button-ups year-round, so, I mean, it feels stupid then, but I'm still going to tattoo the other side of my neck because I don't give no fuck uh-huh. on my mother. I don't give no fuck, so I'm going to do it. Uh, but, yeah, that was my week, man. Oh, and I saw my nephew go off the prom. All right. Clean. He drove a new Escalade to prom. I've never seen this. I hadn't been in a new Escalades like the 2022. Nigga, the screen in the front of that bitch like an HD TV. Mm. Shit is beautiful. But you know what I went to prom in? A 1952 Rolls Royce that was Eleanor Roosevelt's car. Wow. Yeah. She didn't drive it. No, it was chauffeured. Oh, okay. Yeah. I ain't paid for it either. I took, so. a, I took a Caprice Classic. My my in-laws got got the rental for me. I had a, like a clean-ass new Caprice. That bitch was clean. I'll be honest, man. Um, I don't even remember, bro. Wasn't like drunk or no shit like that, but like she I remember. Like a blur. I remember like. Pictures at my house, pictures at her house. I remember going in there and like that's I remember leaving. Like I don't I don't remember that shit. I know there were three songs that we danced to in a row. I know Tyree Sweet Lady was one of them. And Case Happily After Happily Ever After was like another one. Ain't that wild? Cause like the, the event is like hours long. I literally I don't remember none of that shit. Nigga, and I, and I know we ate at prom too, but like I can't I just got pictures. I can't remember like more than like two. I remember. I'm like you. I remember going. I remember the three songs in a row we danced to. Then I remember leaving. And we act like that shit is so important. Like, but this prom, like, we don't remember that shit. Nah, I, like, remember, I don't remember that shit at all. I remember graduation. Like graduation, graduation. like was tattooed in my head. But prom was just like eh. we graduated at like uh, U of D. 
the the on six months yeah, yeah. for yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't remember that shit at all. Uh, I remember I came back, got my mama car, and went to Fridays and got something to eat. I don't know. I went to Cedar Point the next day. Took that was supposed to be, but I didn't go though. Yeah, we took we we had matching. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, nigga, we you had matching. We had matching outfits, and we went to Cedar Point the next day. I didn't even have sex that night. The next night I did, but we was already together. It's not like <laughs> it's like it's your girlfriend. So it's yeah, like, I mean, like I've been having sex with her, <laughs> so like prom was like, ooh. That's a, a, a lot of niggas lose their virginity on prom night. I don't know them niggas, but I hear it. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of niggas lose lose their virginity. I, prom I bet night. you a lot of young women do too. Maybe. I mean, in any event, uh, my nephew went to prom last night. Tavon. Yeah. Shout out to him. He was smooth, man. Yeah. He he approached me real smooth when I seen him at the barbershop. He cool. He's a smooth guy. He huh? cool. Uh I did some prime pictures uh last Sunday uh for somebody. Uh it was uh <laughs> it was pretty cool. I'll tell you a funny story off air. Okay. Uh but the pictures was pretty cool. Is it from and then I uh then I went to the Benny the Butcher concert. How was it? Man, it was pretty cool, dog. I had a, I had a pretty good I thought I tried to get my camera in that motherfucker. They was like, nah. They was like, you gotta, you gotta, um, you got a uh a pass from the promoter. I was like, <laughs> I took the sixty dollars out. I was like, is this the promoter pass? <laughs> it's like, no. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> These top three twenties, it didn't work. So I'm like, all right, I went to the car and put my shit up. Hold on, man. Back. You should have pulled 120 back. What about now? It's $40. <laughs> <laughs> like, you say no again, it's going to go down to 20 <laughs> Uh Yeah, man, it was pretty cool, though, man. Uh, you know, Benny did his shit. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, you kind of referenced that he's going to have the BSB niggas he, and shit. BSF. It's B- like 100 of them niggas, and they all rap. Well, it wasn't 100, but they was rapping, and I enjoyed some of their shit, right? A lot of, of their shit, actually. Rome. Rome Cooks, I think, is one of the niggas' names. It's Rome something. Uh, Rome Major. Never I don't want to fuck his name up, but, but he can dudes, really rap. All the dudes he brought out, uh, I fuck with. And I and apparently niggas in the crowd fuck with this shit, too. Um, so I, I listened to some of that shit. Then, uh, of course, he came out. Yeah. Graf came out, Loki. Graf always be here, like, with them or with Royce. Yeah, Graf came out. Royce came out. Uh, Bodie came out. Remember when Graf was signed to Rockefeller? I do not. For a split sec. Remember when Dame Dash had that TV show on BET? One of, one of like the. I do now. I remember. And one of them was Ultimate like. H- Ultimate, Ultimate Hustle. Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> and one of, on one of them episodes, <laughs> yeah. Graf was performing. You know, one this of nigga songs. Dame Dash did everything. He didn't play in the NBA. He ain't, he ain't Percy Miller. Oh, that that that's 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 the nigga dreams, right? <laughs> like Percy Miller did all the nigga shit. Oh, well, not that sounds like worse than what I mean. He did all the nigga dreams. Yeah, I feel but, like he literally. This nigga had the rock box. This nigga had his own iPod. He had an MP3 player. Like what the fuck, man? He was ahead of the curve on technology. On everything, yo. And he was on some integrated vertically. We got all this music. We got all this shit. You want to listen to it? You got to come through us. Yeah. Remember they had the remember the Zoom? I do. That was Microsoft weak ass. Uh, iPod shit? Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Dame Dash, though. They got his own network. Oh, you know what? I did do one other thing this week. And my son got cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah. passionate about it. He passionate as fuck about everything that he believe in. You never have to work for nobody else. Uh, you see, his, uh, I guess his brother, his, his brother's birthday was yesterday. And his brother, um, 
I guess there's a Dame Dash challenge. So he did the Dame Dash challenge and sound and look damn near exactly like him. But he got his all his mannerisms and everything. I mean, you. I'm sure if we put y'all two niggas in a room and turn on the camera, y'all can imitate each other pretty fucking well. I bet. Probably so. Oh, and I went to these boxing matches last night. Man, yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't get a chance to growl out. Nigga, out of the seven fights... Four of these bitches ended by body knockouts. Body like, punches? Body punches ended four to seven fights. Niggas getting Niggas murdered in the bread basket. <laughs> Niggas is out of shape. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you see some local fights, they, niggas be fighting tin cans. Yeah. Uh, there was one good fight. I don't want to mess this dude's name up, but he fights out of Lionheart Gym. Young Arabic dude. When I tell you, he bought all the gas station and hookah owners <laughs> out that night. Them niggas was deep. They was so like when we first got there, the crowd was the crowd was kind of thin. You know, niggas are starting to. I mean, it's seven fucking fights. I mean, niggas hadn't. I filtered. love local fights, though. I'll be honest, man. I do too. I do too. I used to go see Vernon Paris fight all the time, dog. And it was a lot of local fight niggas down there. Hitman came through. Uh, K9 was walking around through there. Dr. Darius was the DJ. So when the fights first. I Darius yesterday, by the fact. Yeah. So when the fights first started, it wasn't that thick in there, but you saw like a lot of, clearly like a lot of boxing gyms are there with their fighters, but there was like a, it was in Dearborn, but like the Arabic presence was like deep, but then like, you could tell like the buzz started kind of changing or he fought like around the fourth or fifth fight. And like they all started crowding the entrance where the fighters came out. Like first some started playing. Yo, so time out, time out, time out, time out. That's probably wild for me to do. But you know what the <laughs> yeah, time out. Like I be seeing these videos on Instagram of all these Middle Eastern people and they be doing all these like team dances, like I need to know what the fuck is that like they cues or they 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 sorority niggas and shit? No, that's just family. That's just family. Cause I seen a couple group. I'm like, no, these niggas like they strolling. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like a whole bunch of them. But, but it's like always the men do one and then the women have they like own separate. Yeah, that shit lit, dog. I came front. Have you ever been to an Arabic wedding? No. I have. Crazy. Crazy. They, that shit. they probably that's how they look at us probably when when, when in the middle of the street niggas that just break out ball, ballroom and this shit. Like they was at the Pistons game and it was random video niggas out there ball. I mean, that just what it is what it is. Yeah. But so the music start, then that music drop out and then Sada, uh, pipes out start and the whole section is just, just rocking. They going. Then Sada bring them out to the ring. Mm. So I mean, he got the, the energy, the, the presentation. He got it all there. He knocked the young dude out in the first round, and then they was going crazy again okay. when they knocked him out. So I mean, this fighter, what was his record, three and zero. He he he, Brent, like he he looks like a good fighter, but like at three and zero, it's kind of hard for me to like gauge exactly. You I mean, like he got look like he got the, the 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 potential to be a good fighter, like rappers. I believed in. He got all the working tools to probably be a good to be a good boxer. You know, he got the look. He got like he got all the. That sh- doesn't mean no, no, no. They had a look. No, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like all the sh- the presentation, he got down pat. The fight was quick. He did knock him out with a body shot, but the dude he was fighting was also his first professional fight. So I mean, they both kind of the like, skill level. I, fought, I can't gauge it. Yet. He undefeated like the nigga who fought Floyd last week was undefeated. Yeah, I think his <laughs> his opponents were wins were like. Um, 
18 and 220. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Like what? So, I mean, uh, it was, it, I think he has potential. I like to see him fight a little bit more. Uh, What's the lane I want to get into? You feel me? We're going to start hitting these fights up, man. And, and, uh, a, and a lot of dudes, once they were done fighting, were just like moving around in the crowd. So I did connect with a couple fighters. Uh, look, man, we just boxing fans. We just love to talk to you if you want to come than through. I'm a fan. I got a whole fucking encyclopedia up here. Okay. I do this shit every single day. I watch something about boxing every single day. So now the the last fight was a heavyweight fight, and one of the dudes that fought, he's like ranked number eleven in the world. And in what organization? Heavy, heavy, like number eleven heavyweight. They they were interviewing him like he 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 may fight a uh, Fury. <sighs> he already fought Fury once and lost, but like now he trying What's to. What's his name? Uh, his, his last name is Wallin. Big uh big Swedish dude. Hmm. But he said he mentioned like when he got in the fighting fury. He mentioned when he was in the ring that like I fought you once. He ducked me. He ducked me now in that thick Eastern European accent. So I mean, you know, fuck it, fight. I love live boxing though. I do too. But the body shots was taking niggas down last night. Niggas getting hit in the stomach and it was over with. All right, man. Out of shape, fat motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so listen, man. Uh, like yo. For y'all watching on the video, y'all can see, man, this episode is being brought to you by Asim Supreme Products. Yes. And this is just a brand that you can trust. It is, man. You feel me? Uh, actually, well, I put my Shea Butter on this morning. Got my nice little nice little shine. You feel me? Um, go through what, what products we got up here today. I mean, Asim sent us a, I mean, Akil uh, sent us a nice, nice care package from Asim Supreme the, Products. The Blackberry Pear Body Bar. Golden Shea Shea Butter, which I use. Now, I want this pink sugar Shea Butter because it smelled amazing when he took it out. We also got the raw African black soap, um, some Indian black castor oil. Uh, you got the be- you got the goatee today. You feel me? I cut my beard off. Yeah, you cut the beard off. You some of this product because I got the beard shit too. Yeah, I- I'm going to grow my beard back. But, I, you know, I had to give you other niggas a chance because I'm already tall and handsome and full of tattoos. Like, I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to take all of them this summer, so I had to give y'all y'all other niggas a chance. So I think so try and catch up. Should go to asimsupreme dot com. Take a look at all the products. Uh, uh, he's been on the show a few times. Akil Jabbar and uh, friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, just a stand up guy. Uh, really good products that we stand behind. Uh, so and these are products that like I use daily in real life. Like all everything that I've either purchased from him. Or he's been kind enough to to send to us. I actually I use these products every day. So I mean, the good black, quality stuff. It smells amazing. Uh, b- black soap body wash. Like I ain't never seen that shit before. Him. What type of body wash is this? Uh, Moringa body wash. I haven't used this one, but okay. I'm, I'm gonna keep this one though. That's fine. That's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll split it up. You can yeah. keep that. Uh, but yeah, just just good quality products. A good brother. You order from him. Listen, that product gonna ship quick. Uh, I don't care what the website say or how fast it's going to be there, but that product going to be there fast. God damn, this bag smells good. Because the bag got all the product in it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, .com, uh Check it out. Yeah, man. Uh, so, man, this week, dog, has been one of the one. Well, also, before we do that. We, we got, got a guest. We got a special guest. We got a guest in the building. Absolutely. Did you bring an intro? Cause I mean, she's a, she's a listener of the show. I know I would do myself a disservice if I didn't do intro. Yeah, then then please, the floor is yours. 
Um, my name is Sylvia, uh, aka Simply Sylv on the socials. Professional truth teller. Try Jesus, not me. Okay, I'll right. take it. I'll take, I'll take that. it. You feel me? I'll Good for a that. first try. Good for a first try. <laughs> welcome to the welcome welcome to the blue and the black. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, I know pleasure. you've been a supporter of the show for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've been around and know people that record out of here. But when we were talking about doing an episode on therapy, you know, I know that you are a licensed therapist and went to school and everything. Got all a bunch of letters after your name. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my bad, yeah. <laughs> bunch of letters and shit after your name so we wanted to uh get you in here so we can unpack everything that's wrong with jason this week wow i mean shit i'm good man. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm better than you so I'm a- <laughs> we're the same person we're the same person if and anybody, tonight's gonna reveal that if anybody needs tonight's help, gonna reveal that if anybody need help it's you because like you you have this fascination with wanting me to be like you and i'm not like you but you are though you may not be as public with it you're a dirtbag too I'm just not. No, I'm, I'm just not. But I feel like if 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 you birds of a feather, my nigga. I feel that uh, I may come across as a quote unquote good person, right? You play and the I, good guy on this show, and I, on this week in culture, you the bad guy. But I'm the bad guy because I say shit that um, politically is incorrect or or whatnot. Not bad guy because like I'm just a a fucked up nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, that's what you're trying to say, I am. No, what I'm saying is I think. Because I'm looked at as a quote unquote good guy, you want me to be like you, so people will look at you like they look at me. But you, but I know you're not. You're not one of the good guys. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, buddy. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> what was who said that? It was some confrontation on social media. Yeah, you're not that guy. Hey, you're not that guy, buddy. I don't remember that shit. But I, why you feel that way? Because we a lot alike, Jay. Explain it. I don't know what you're talking. You, you I don't keep wanna, saying it. Because because you're my brother and I love you. No homo. I'm not going to put your personal business out there. I don't got nothing to put out. Jason. <laughs> Jason Ezekiel Johnson. <laughs> Eloicious. <laughs> I've seen some things. You've done things that made me be like, damn, I, could, I probably couldn't pull that off. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> But that is not the same. It's not? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to get to the root of your commitment issues. I don't have commitment issues. And why you why were you, why you refuse to love a woman? Nigga, I've been in <laughs> I'm a serial monogamous. I've been in what a a, a five year, a six year, and damn near a seven year relationship. You, my friend, may have one had a commitment issue. Why are you why are you hiding them kids? What why are you scared of being a father? Because I wanna be with the woman Man. that I'm a have a child Stop with. Stop selling me that dream. I don't want a baby mama. Is that okay? Baby mamas are forever. Husband is a husband is temporary as fuck. A baby mama is forever. That's that's the actual. I believe that. And the biggest commitment I can make to a woman is to have a child with her. With her. And if I ain't got that, what you want me? I'm not about really to pop a, out a baby. It's really a small contract, man. You can cut both of them off after eighteen. Why you? Wow. We clearly do not agree <laughs> on a lot of shit. <laughs> so why you? Like, like I agree thing? with that shit. Like I'm gonna love my kids as long as God let me here to love them. So be. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to talk about some of our some of our problems, man. I really want to. She Sylvia, and I'm gonna tell a little bit of our backstory. Sylvia was willing to send me the questions, 
beforehand. She had reached out. She's like, look, do you want to look over these questions? I said, no. Nah. I'm going to say, I hope you ain't cheating. No, nah, I didn't. The no, nah, I didn't cheat. I said, I want the, the actual shock, shock and awe yeah. of when, you know, you start digging into us, you know, what these reactions are going to be. So we're going to go through a couple of these topics and then it's time to release some therapy. Let's go. All right. So, what's the first topic you want to talk? You want we got to talk about the shoot. Well, we gonna have to do this for because it's gonna be a hard transition. We okay. should probably do this first. Do the therapy first. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into Y'all it, ready? man. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I have nothing to hide. <laughs> Cause I'll be. I get. I don't want to go into that. Be all worked up and shit. Cause I. I. You know, I can get worked up. I'm gonna get worked up. Okay. I mean, well, they are trying to spin it as a mental health thing. Which... They are. I like how mental health is like such a hot button topic like in the past couple of years when Joe Budden been rapping about that shit for almost 20 years, like going to therapy and getting They use it when they want to use health. it. That nigga on drugs. <laughs> like niggas be trying to, to 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 hide the mental health. Like y'all niggas, you, you, you don't not. So for an example, there is a, a popular rapper who is on substances and he was terrorizing gas stations recently in the last mm-hmm. week, all through crime and a D. And then I seen the police do a prefer- press conference talking about, oh, he's going through a mental health episode. That nigga on drugs. He's on heroin. Oh, so that was real. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought niggas was just talking crazy. When online. I put that in a group and said, that's who that is. I was for real. Damn, son. Like, and that's not like a knock to him because he's going through his He's going through something. Yeah. But he will tell you. He even did an interview afterwards. Like my nigga, I'm not. He's. I'm not gonna stop because it's too fun getting high right now. I don't want to stop. So that's not a mental health issue. That's a nigga who's addicted to drugs. You know what I'm saying? So unrelated. But it, but that could be a mental health. Like addiction is mental. Also, man, it's like a it's like a chemical thing. It's definitely a chemical dependency, and that's mental. I think it's chemical. So you know somebody, have you ever dealt with or or know anybody that's like an alcoholic or something? Yes. Like, nigga, that's, that shit is, it's more than just the smell of liquor that triggers them. Like, that shit is something they need beyond just the regular, you know, 12-step. Like, they need some some mental therapy in order to escape that demon. It just don't turn off like that. I understand that. And when I was in uh, some court-mandated classes for... Uh, a certain situation and I was in their alcoholic class and I realized like I don't belong here because these were like real alcoholics. You're yeah. like, man, I got to drink a 24 case of Labatt just to be normal. Like this not die. even about you die from withdrawals. Like yeah. that's why they had to keep the liquor stores open during the quarantine. And a gentleman was explaining the, the the teacher in the class was explaining like everybody got this different limit, right? But there's a moment where you can drink and there's a chemical in your brain. And once that shit switch, that's the alcoholism. Like you just, it, and it's different. It could be a kid drinking his first drink and it can, it can trigger. And that's something that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you got to try to mind over matter. All that matters is the mind type shit. But like, I mean, mental health is very important. I think it's all encompassing. But I think when we hear the term, we think of very something very specific. And that very specific thing that we be thinking about, I don't think always is, is always the case. But everything could technically be classed underneath mental health. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But sometimes niggas just be on drugs. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> your depression comes from withdrawals and drugs and bunch of other shit 
I'm ready to get freed. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm a behavioral therapist. Well, my degrees are in social work, so I'm a licensed social worker. Um, but with that, I can practice therapy. So mm-hmm. practice therapy, I focus on behaviors, behavior patterns, uh, whether that be by nature, nurture, whatever. Like you do the stuff you do for a reason. And it's my job to kind of help you figure out like how you got here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what I'm going to ask y'all is my intake questions, like my initial session questions. Um, Because I've been listening to the show for so long, I didn't want to, like, use the information (laughs) that I already had. That's fine. So, um, we're just going to start with feelings. Are y'all okay with that? Yeah. If y'all can get through this part, you can probably get through the rest. I'm perfectly fine with talking about my feelings. So, I'm going to ask y'all the same question, and then y'all can just take turns. Okay. So, um, I feel sad when. So, back up. Repeat and complete. So I feel sad when uh, I feel sad when I think about loved ones who are no longer here. I feel sad when I think about not living long enough to be here to support my children. Okay. I feel scared when. I feel scared when I think about the potential loss of loved ones. Okay. I feel scared when sometimes I'm alone in my own thoughts. Okay. I feel scared when I can't control the situation. Okay. That's a good one. I feel angry when. I'm about to say, what if you're not really scared, though? It's not your area of expertise, Jason. That's the Just first thing that came to your mind. So I'm going to say that it is. Uh, I feel anger when people um, do not think for themselves. I don't know how to explain this, but I feel anger when people try me. Mm-hmm. I don't know the explanation for it. No, that, that is explanation. Okay. You got some? Okay. We got to put a mic. We should probably put a mic on for Dwayne. Or we just going to share one. Well, yeah. Yeah, we can, we can just share it. Okay. I feel happy when. Uh, when I can laugh and joke with my friends. I feel happy when I can see my children smile. I, I was just about to say, I. I feel happy when I see the growth in my children. Okay, cool. So that was, I feel like that was the hard part. Y'all did great. Um, Usually after that, I ask about like mental health treatment history in your family, health conditions, use of substances, medical concerns, issues. But people listen to podcasts, so I'm not asking y'all that on air. Um, so next up, we're going to talk about or dig into family and foundation. Um. So, where were you raised? Like what? Like side of town, or just however you want to answer it. Uh, I was raised on the rest side. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I was raised in a, in a loving family environment. Okay. 
my family loved me enough that they didn't raise me on the east side. Uh, I'm also raised on the west side. Uh, middle class home, middle class upbringing uh, by two loving parents, and and I got a, a, a sibling. Okay. We was raised in the same house. Yeah. So. <laughs> but experiences could be but completely different. different. We were raised in church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah. Where? That's not yeah. your answer. I wasn't thinking that way. Yeah. Y'all actually went to my next question was how would you describe your upbringing? And you kind of answered it in the same. Yeah. Just middle class, regular. Oh, man. That shit was kind of lit. Shit was kind of dangerous. <laughs> uh, um. But overall, pretty fun. Okay. And that's zero to 18? Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Now, this might get a little weird for you. I don't know. But what's your relationship like with your immediate family? I think we're really good. Shit, we in a group chat. We talk every day. Okay. Um. So when I think immediate family... So really, my only immediate family right now is just me, my brother, and my dad. Uh, but I, when I think immediate family, I think me, my brother, my dad, and like three of my cousins, four of my cousins. And shit. Okay. And I think we um we good. What's good? Like, like I love them all. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like I I can talk to them at any time. Um, I don't think none of them have any problems with me. I don't have any like problems with them. Um, I think we good. Okay. <laughs> this is probably where things are going to start turning left for me. I, mm-hmm. I'm not very close with my immediate family. Okay. It's just me, my sister, and my uncle outside of my children. Uh, and my relationship with my sister, it's not not the strongest. I mean, I've probably contributed a fair amount of that. And my uncle, he's had a history of his own issues Mm -hmm. which has caused a strained relationship between us like i love them but like i go months without talking to them and i can go probably weeks without hearing something from my sister so okay and it's always been like that with you and your sister or uh as far as i can remember when I, i left home at 19 she was she's like three years younger than me so she was six 15 going on 16. Okay. And like when I left home, I never went back. Like I never had to go back home to live. And I just felt like I had to, I felt like when I left the day I left, I was a man and I was just going to figure it the fuck out. And, you know, she was going through things as a, a young woman transitioning in her womanhood. And maybe she needed, you know, the loving arm and support of her brother and I just wasn't there. And it probably started the mm-hmm. wedge. Now, I know things have happened over our adult lives where, you know, she feels differently about how things happen and how I perceive things to have happened. And now that we at a point where, like, both my parents are deceased. So, like, the thing that was, like, forging us to be together isn't there no more. So, like, we've tried to make the relationship work between the two of us. But, like. Sometimes she give more care and effort than I do. Sometimes I give more care and effort than she do. But we always seem to, you know, miss the the match somewhere. I love her to death. I worry about her. I pray for her. But, you know, the relationship just ain't as close as I I desire it to be. 
Okay, that was going to be my next question. Do you desire it to change? Yeah, I would like it for it to be better because it's just me and her. You know, if something, she all I got, you know, be, be outside of my kids, like that's, I don't have a bunch of cousins or, mm-hmm. you know, aunts and uncles that live locally. Like my father, my uncle was my father's only brother. My mother had a sibling, but my aunt Pam, you know, I throw in quotations, died when she was five years old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my mother was essentially an only child for the majority of her life. I got one cousin, but my cousin is like 22. Mm. So she closer to like I was 17 when she was born. I'm already getting ready to leave the house. And this is this kid. So, like, I don't have, you know, a real close relationship with her neither. Okay. And you're the oldest. So do you feel responsible for your sister at all or no? Yes and no. I feel a certain level of response. Like, I know my parents raised us to get along and do the right thing. Like, I know that's ingrained in me. Now, the nigga in me a lot of times just be like, look, I got to I had to figure it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I stepped out on my own, you know, on my own. Nobody forced me out, but I stepped out. I made my lumps. I figured it the fuck out. And now, you know, I'm a well-oiled machine with it. I don't. Her path has been different. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to be compassionate Mm. to some of the things that she goes through and deals with because I'm just like, you know, it's just life. But sometimes it might be the first thing or the first time she's running into some of this shit because, you know, she was cared for a little bit differently. So, Okay. She want to answer. What was the question again? Um... What's your relationship like with your immediate family? Uh, presently or like in general? In general. Um, it's good. Like he's like my brother says, it's good. Um I'm at sometimes jealous of other relationships I see with people because they have more physical mm-hmm. relationships. Like he said, we can get on the phone and call each other up and we're there in a you know, say it in a second. But that day-to-day, that come on over and mm-hmm. watch TV or sitting and watching a game together. Sometimes we do fights, but with <clears throat> so many different work schedules and, you know, he run a whole studio and, you know, and like I was working four or five jobs. So it's like kind of hard to actually get that bond that you really want. Okay. Yeah. And I think you are you guys kinda answered this question already. It was just do you have a connection and or relationship with your extended family? Um, you know, the regular holiday shit, you know, and things like that. Um Yeah, pretty much just around the holiday shit. I mean, there's also a family group chat with like twenty six people in there and shit. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll I be honest, right now, I don't, really, I don't really have time for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally. Outside of work? Outside of work, studio and shit, I'm like 95% of my day is taken up. Like, I really don't really have a lot of free time to do nothing, <laughs> which has been hurting my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really been, a, it's been, a, it's definitely been a, uh, it's been hurting me. Mm-hmm. I really do be praying for y'all to take breaks, but that's another conversation. Okay. Just uh, <laughs> break. And, and maybe a little summer vacation might be good. I don't know. 
Uh, I know for me, I'm not real close to my extended family. So I got this thing about relationships. This is probably digging into the therapy aspect, mm-hmm. just me talking. But I don't feel real strongly about the need for certain relationships. You know, I look at I, I guess I sometimes like when it when it comes to like family or me, even like committing to a woman. Like it takes a lot for me to. But work. I'm the nigga with the commitment. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go off. I'm sorry. It all comes out. Eventually. I, know. <laughs> I know this is what group therapy does. This, this is what yeah. This is what group therapy does. But like, I got this thing about like relationships. Like, I don't want to have to make if I got to be the one making all the effort for that shit to come together. Fuck it. I don't want it because like. When shit don't go right, you're going to put it off on me. Like, well, you reached out. Like, I don't I don't want to do that. So if I feel like I'm reaching for something, fuck it. I, I ain't got to have it. But, like, you know, here comes my relationship issues and commitment issues. Like, I feel like sometimes that way about, like, being with a woman. Like, if I got to do all the heavy, if I got to do what appears to be all of the work and heavy lifting to make this thing happen, I don't get no fuck. I don't want it. Well, that's the road. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What, what, what if that's the role of the man? So I get, I get what you're saying. Yes, as a man, there are certain responsibilities that I I even feel like fall on my shoulders. Yeah. But my my whole life, like I look at a, uh, at a at a marriage or as a relationship, is it's a role of service. But we both have roles and needs to service. If I feel like. I'm just the only one and I'm over servicing and then I'm always empty and like, you know, looking for, I don't expect it to be transactional. You do this for me. I do this for you. Yeah. Cause I know shit like that. That shit just does, it ain't how it work, but I don't want to be the one like giving and giving. And then in the end feel like, damn, I shorted my, like I gave everything that I had, but like who give to me every now and again. I get it. 100%. That's all. I get it. hundred percent. Uh, Cause you know they they go through the whole love languages and shit, and I started thinking, I'm like, maybe my shit is act of service because Glad you brought that up. because like I do give up my 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 time or, or doing different acts and shit, and like oh, why did I do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I guess that's the way I, I possibly show. And and, and, and I kind of agree with that because like to me, my time is like really my most precious asset. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm I deal with my therapy, deal with the kids, deal with work, deal with shit with the studio, deal with my own social life. It's personal projects that I'm working on that I'm dealing with. So I don't have a lot of time to like dole out. So if I give you my time, like that's to me, that's that's a huge part of my love and my life. And I don't want I don't want to give that away and somebody fuck it. Fuck with it. Yeah, I'll be thinking that way, too. And then I I be thinking on the other end, like. Like why you think your time so not you per se, but like why you think your time so so much important, much more important than my time. You know what I'm saying? Even if yeah. I don't have ninety things to do today, uh, why you feel that whatever time that you got is so important that I should be so fucking happy because you gave me your time. Yeah. Like if I wasn't doing nothing today and I decided to be with you, you should be happy. So I go with that conflict, like, well damn, am I Propping myself up like well see I told you I ain't had time so be thankful But it's like well why your fucking time Is more important than Insert the other person's time I know what my time costs me Yeah I get it I know what my price is I know what that shit costs me and I, it's, it's valuable to me yeah. You know what I'm saying But 
insert other person here don't hold that value so it's never gonna feel that same way to them because facts you know what i'm saying and then that's something you gotta reconcile was like oh you think you doing something because you (laughs) carved out i think this age group what is it 28 to 40 it's that's like the number one thing it's like selfishness like both parties is thinking like but what about me I think everything we ever, I think everything we do is selfish. And I'll explain. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about even if you are someone who goes out their way to go feed the homeless every weekend or help old ladies across the street. I think all that shit is selfish and selfish is not like a, I'm not using this as like a bad word or derogatory. Mm-hmm. But the reason you do that is because it gives you something mm-hmm. like if being a virtuous person. It, that endorphin that you get off like man that shit feel good like you being nice to people because it makes you feel good which in turn is selfish now not selfish in the like it's self-serving i'll like say self-serving. that okay, it's I self-serving okay it's self-serving not selfish you know what i'm saying but everything it. that you do like you wouldn't do it if it did or like all right i got an idea of what a good father is right mm-hmm. so i'm gonna do everything i can be to look like a good father because that brings me some sort of joy because hey People look at me as a good father, and that's ultimately what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So are you doing these things because of that? Are you doing this thing because you're the best, insert whatever, whatever, or do you just want to be looked at that way? And it's self-serving. Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. Um, I like that you brought up the love uh, languages because I was actually going to give you all some homework. And taking the love language quiz is one of them. Um, have y'all taken it? I've taken it before. <sighs> I did, but at the time I take it, now I can look back and think at the time that I took it, I was not, I don't think I was emotionally available. Like I don't, I didn't, I didn't take it as serious. I, I thought, I felt like it was a chore and not. Oh, the questions was about you though. Yeah, but I felt okay. like I didn't feel she like. She wanted you to do it. Yeah. Okay. And like, so, <coughs> so I didn't. You didn't take it serious. I didn't take. I, I was girl. I with, took it. Shut up. <laughs> I was doing you it with go. attitude. Yeah. And in retrospect, it's like, yo, this is a whole person trying to figure some shit out and going through that. But like at the time, I just felt like I was angry. You know what I'm saying? But I think people look at it I differently I'm, too, because literally, you taking the quiz is showing that person how to love you better. But if you're not, like a if, code but if you're not in the space to like you to said, care. Like, you didn't care. You weren't you weren't in the space to receive that. I wasn't in the space to receive it. Or I didn't I don't know. I just felt like so what? So what I'm doing now ain't right or if I don't know. It just if it I saves did, you a little time. If I did it today, it'd be different. But uh-huh. at that time my the mind frame that I am now was not I still be willing to take it. I, I know what I feel my love languages are. Uh-huh. But I'd be willing to take it like again just to See where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know there's an, also an apology language quiz. Mm. So Never it's very similar. I failed that one. And I ain't even took it. <laughs> I failed that one. No, but it, again, it's about you. Like, how do you receive apologies? So when I took it, it made sense. Because you can tell me sorry all day long. I need you to say I was wrong and why you were wrong. Is there one that says I need you to get on your knees and There literally is. I don't know. what It's like. You have to ask for like repentance or give do something to make me forgive you. I it's like one that. Of them. I like that lane. <laughs> <laughs> forgiveness. 
You Say it again. They have to buy my forgiveness. That's actually one of them. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would also be opposed. Would not be opposed to a tribute or a sacrifice. <laughs> I mean, you being for real? Or are you joking? So like, I think he's for real. So like, when I get when I get fucking <laughs> when I get fucking angry, like I need I need you to write. I need you to like make me feel like Feeling's niggas sell that shit to me. Apologize with your bitch ass. Apologize. Like I need that. I need that. So definitely take the apology language quiz. The love language, apology language. Um the Myers Briggs. Apologize to me. The Myers Briggs personality test or the 16 personality test. You've probably seen them, the INTJ, P, whatever, whatever. I've taken that since 2012. Mine's always stayed the same. Mm. So again, as long as you answer it honestly. So when when we take these tests, we send you the results? Mm-mm. This oh. is for you. Okay. And uh, the Enogram is kind of similar to the Myers-Briggs. Again, mine has stayed the same. Because um, it's literally like just telling you more about you or clarifying things that you probably already know about yourself. Like I did a couple um, things on the professional level, like with the disc assessments and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But like I'm taking it a few times and every time it get closer to like to the middle. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But then it's like when you kind of when you know the quadrants or the, the different things, then it's like you 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 manipulate you you juking the stats. You, it's not I don't even know if you do it on purpose, but like you know, well I know different personality types, and so I know how to talk to people. So when they say, "Would you do this?" or it's not like, "Well, I know the the answer to this question," kind of. So now you answer it like that way, and I don't know if it's a damn near because like your personality changes over time mm-hmm. and. It's based on you and different shit that you've you dealt with. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, is it kind of like, I don't know. Is it cheating or is it? I, I don't. I can't tell if I'm juking the stats or if it's different because I know better. You know, I what think I'm saying? it's because you know better. Like, I I will tell you, I was very codependent, and my quizzes reflected that until I took it recently. I was like, oh no, okay, yeah. Like I'm the same person, but just that codependency part is gone. Yeah. So, okay. Um, do you have any spiritual or religious beliefs that are important to you? Yes. You just gonna <laughs> leave it at that? I mean, they they're 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 uh evolving. Okay. They evolve, but one hundred percent yes. I do. Uh I'm a Christian that's that's almost if you don't believe in something spiritually, like that's a deal breaker for me. I can't. I can't. Why is that? I guess with the things that I've gone through in my mind, in my heart, you can't tell me like it ain't no God in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like I just I, I don't believe it. You know, I feel like prayer works. I feel like the Lord has personally touched my life, touched my family life. So when people be like, I don't, I went out on a date once with a young lady and I always pray before I eat and I happen to grab her hand so we can pray together. And she was like, well, I just kind of let you go through with it. But like, she's like, I don't believe in all that. Mm. And I was like, all that is in like, if it's, if my food is fucked up, it's going to be fucked up whether I pray over it or not. Yeah. It's probably going to be fucked up. <laughs> like it is probably going to be fucked up. Like if I put some shit in your food, 
whether you pray over it or not, it's, it's still in your food. I'd rather add some Jesus wept to it and yeah. just, you know. Feel better about ho- it. Hopefully the blood. <laughs> yeah, you feel better Weapons about formed it. against me, fucking but they will not. They... Cyanide in your rice, this nigga. It's cyanide in your rice. I don't give a fuck how long you pray. <laughs> it's that motherfucker. It's rat poison in that motherfucker. Or, ma- or maybe when the waiter comes back to refill my water, he knocks my plate off of the table because the Lord didn't cover me. Mm-hmm. Covered in the blood. I, I, I do believe. I feel you. Do you? You believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Uh, it didn't sound old. It didn't sound. I mean, <laughs> do I think it's a literal person? <laughs> I don't is know. that where we going tonight? I mean, you asked me a question. I'm giving you the answer. That, that's fine. That's fine. Well, Therapy think, is, is for both a, of us. Is it a literal person? I don't know. Could be. Could not be. My feelings on this still stay the same. If the Bible's written allegory and all the stories are the stories, I still believe in the stories and I think the stories are valid and hold true and got lessons for me to follow and everything. Do I know that it was a, a white man named Jesus Christ? Jesus was not was white. white. There are no white people in the Bible. There's not one white person in the Bible. Eh. Okay. What but like, I don't, I mean, do I, did I think there was a, a two thousand, literally 2000 years ago? Was it a person named Jesus when that letter didn't even fucking exist? I don't know, but it doesn't change my thoughts and opinions on the stories and the lessons and the and the, that you teaching me, but I don't I don't know that it's a, a actual literal person. Okay, you know, fair enough. Okay. Uh, we were raised Baptist Christian. Um, in my thirties, I started uh, studying like the Morris Science Temple of America and things of that nature. So in prison, I did uh, uh, convert and become a a more well. What I say, uh, yeah, I say it like that. Uh, so I guess you could say I was born. Uh, being a Baptist Christian gave me a moral compass, mm-hmm. and then becoming Muslim helped me find peace. I like it. Yeah, I feel safe saying that. Okay, cool. This is my favorite part. Okay, how would your colleagues, coworkers, however you describe them, describe you? They don't know me. Tomorrow, my 90th day. <laughs> <laughs> they just found a podcast, so shout out to y'all. Well, they know you well enough. <laughs> In previous jobs. Um. Uh, in previous jobs, I was a, a subject matter expert. I was uh, very agreeable, easy to get along with. Um, nice, friendly, funny, uh, smart. I can do my, I did my job really well. Okay. Um, and everybody uh, uh, loved me. Mine would be a little bit of the opposite. I was actually talking to one of my old coworkers. Uh, she's moved up quite a bit in the corporate ladder, and she described me as aloof, uh, confrontational, and that I was not nice to. Uh, I wasn't like a type of person that like I don't believe in like office camaraderie mm-hmm. and like these fake friendships people be developing at work. Why are you so angry though? I'm not angry. You everything you describe I, about yourself comes off as angry I and like, grumpy. Sometimes I like things in my life compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. 
I need work to be work and I need that to be a separate thing. Well, the reason I asked that question is because when you talked about family, you don't even you, you kind of said, like, I don't even need these relationships. So if it ain't the work relationships, it ain't the family relationships. relationships. It's not even the relationship with women. Like wh- what relationships are they difficult for me, bro? Mm-hmm. They are like but that's what we're here to talk. Yeah, about. I don't I don't I don't know how to break down that third wall. Like sometimes I look at I can there have been people in my life and like I wish I could let them in a little bit more. But letting somebody in means like giving up a certain level of control. And mm-hmm. that's where I have issues at. Have like you have been in a situation where you didn't have control. Not as like an adult, like because I, I no, t- not as adult, but like a younger. Like, was there a situation where you didn't have control and it like was fucked up? Not fucked up, but like coming up, I didn't feel like I had like a lot of privacy and certain things to my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I lived in a house like you don't close no doors around this bitch unless you're getting dressed. Like we didn't have those those barriers that I see other people kind of have. So like, you know, certain things in my life, I just like my work to be on this shelf. I like my social life to be here on this shelf. I like my kids to be here on the top shelf. Like it's hard for me to sometimes integrate those things. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I delete my text threads because my mom used to read my diary. Like I don't keep nothing. Mm. (laughs) I thought about that randomly today. (laughs) Like uh, somebody asked, uh, like I don't know that my parents ever like went through my shit. They could have, you know what I'm saying? But I've, I've thought about the, I talk, I thought about uh, we were talking about guns and all this shit in the media and shit, right? And I was like, well, technically, when I was living at home, I did have a gun, right? Towards my later stages, but it was just like in a drawer or some shit. I'm like, they would have found it, like if they was like actively looking through my shit because it wasn't hidden well. <laughs> you feel me? You know, I I felt like some some to that extent. Like, can I prove? Well, yeah, there are times that I can remember, like, I I remember my parent. So, like, my mother found a large sum of money in my room. And I had, like, at one point, I got into some trouble at my job. They made me quit. But I had enough money, like, stashed up that, like, I wouldn't dry. Like, I didn't have to work for six months. I wasn't asking them for money because I was sitting on a few stacks in my room. And I remember when my mother found it, like, she was questioning me like it was drug money. But, (laughs) like. Where did it come from? I had a little hustle going on up at the mo- up at the show where I worked at. It wasn't was drugs. Stealing, nigga. <laughs> it was a hustle. <laughs> you said you didn't stole from every job you worked at. All right? right, I was I was stealing from the job, <laughs> and I made and I had I saved up like six racks. Now like sixteen six thousand dollars is like a hundred like thousand dollars. Your mama's smart. Like, yeah. fuck, you get $6,000? Like, I don't got $6,000. She probably thinks. Like, and I was working, like, at the Dollar Movie Theater, so it was, like, 6000 in singles. So, I mean, it just, the optics probably look. That's why they made you quit? Nah. You quit or we taking your ass to jail, nigga. <laughs> I got into a situation with a young lady at the job. I stole some keys. You know, things got a little hairy, and they, they started piecing shit together. And me and her got caught up in something. So, my- so you said something that I think I want to impact, unpack. What's up? Now, you said in the past, so we, we know you come from a good family and all that other good shit. But you said that, like, 
you seen how nice and how peaceful and everything that was. And he was like, well, what if I don't want to be peaceful? Like, do you hold a resentment that that your parents lived like a, a, a decent life that brought you up with? Because it seemed, and I'll say it because it seemed like you look for trouble when it really should not be trouble. I don't hold a resentment, but I always remember, and this is no knock to my father or nothing. I always remember a conversation me and him had when my 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 grandfather was a pastor. So as a young man, my dad moved around a bit. He lived in Texas. He lived here in Michigan, lived somewhere else in the South, went to school in Atlanta. So he moved around quite a bit. And he finished high school in Texas. My grandmother and my uncle were up here in Detroit, but him him and my f- grandfather were down in Texas finishing up. So he finished up high school in Texas and he all and he talked about like this girlfriend that he had down there in Texas, but he decided, you know, after he was done with high school, he's going to come back up here to Michigan. Yeah. So he came back to Michigan, naturally that relationship, you know, they kids and you in Texas and I'm in Detroit, so like it just wasn't moving to Texas will do it. Yeah, it just it just wasn't going to work. And I remember him having a conversation. It's like, you know, not that I don't love your mother or love the life that we created, but he was like, sometimes I think I wonder what would have happened had I stayed in Texas and stayed with that girl. And something happened where like somebody down, like I had an aunt that was still in Dallas and she ran into her and she inquired about my father. Now, at this time, I'm probably like 16, 17. So, I mean, he ain't been in Texas, let's say, in damn near 30 years. But like she inquired about him and that kind of like sparked the conversation that he thought, you know, what would my life have looked differently had I stayed down there as opposed to coming in Michigan? And I always knew what a very safe life looked like. I knew, you know, my parents were married. We had middle class upbringing. We, you know, we had all of our needs were met and most of our wants. And I saw how hard they worked and you know, instill certain things in us. And I get it. That worked for you. And that got you here. But what if I did things my way? How much further could I be? How much more? Ex- I don't I didn't want to die one day wondering like, damn, I wish I would. Was that the first time that you saw that your father wasn't confident about something? Maybe. Because like that will fuck you up. Well, it will fuck me up. Right. If mm-hmm. you like. But then you're confident about anything. I ain't never seen you not. You know what I'm saying? I guess at that point, I had never looked at my father just like a person. Like that was, he was a larger than life figure. I'd never seen him fold in front of me under pressure. I'd never seen him, you know, cry or like break. I'd seen him be angry. Mm-hmm. I'd seen him yell. I'd seen his softer moments at times with my mother. But like, I didn't. I never saw him as like, like you said, ever questioning his moves. Like this was like my dad had a a slogan that he lived by. Like you ain't got to take no shit off nobody. And that's was his stamp on like he drilled that shit in me from as early as I can remember him talking. I remember him saying you ain't got to take no shit off of nobody. And that shit always grew in me. But like I said, I saw what would happen if I went to college, met my College sweetheart, married her, had two and a half kids and lived a nice suburban middle class family. And I saw like, that's nice. But like, I want to make more than $60,000. I want to touch a million. I want to live in a big ass house. I want to drive a big ass car. I want to have a bunch of fucking kids. Like I wanted a larger 
scale of that shit. And I knew playing it in my mind, playing it safe is only going to get me this far. Mm-hmm. I need the next level of shit. All right. So I got like two questions. Go ahead. Um, now you've shared on the podcast at times where, you know, you ended up, uh, doing some less than scrupulous, some unscrupulous things possibly, or being tied up in something and getting Absolutely. This, this giant house and, and all that shit. And kind of like looking back, um, do you think did that fulfill you? Like when you got that, did it like give nah, you man. what you was looking for? Nope. I felt emptier than ever. You know, I look, I remember like, I always, I talk about it on the show. I had a half million dollar house. House is 3,600 square feet. You know, all my babies. I have four bedrooms, a master suite. I had every fucking thing that you could want in that house. But what I didn't have was it wasn't a home. It wasn't warmth. It wasn't love, you know, because everything I had, I was thinking about just what I got to do to keep it. You know, I bought this big ass house so my babies would never have to share no room with each other. I, I didn't want that for them. I bought the house. I set up everybody own room, but they were so little. They just wanted each other. Mm-hmm. And they now it's still three. They were sharing a room in my old house. Now it's still three of them in a room because they don't want to sleep by themselves. They, I mean, my sister were. Yeah. They had our own rooms. We slept together. Shit, me, my brother, Netta. <laughs> we, we, had, we used to call them meetings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we would be, we just sleep in the same room. You yeah. Know so, saying? so they, they wanted, they just wanted a tiny to, ass house. I looked that shit up on Zillow. Man, that house like eight hundred and fifty square feet. But it, it probably seemed like the biggest house in the it's world just, when you live there. Especially we had Christmas breakfast. Though. It's like thirty niggas in the house. How do we fit? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like I had shit, but I didn't have like no fulfillment. Like you know, I had a big ass house full of furniture, everything that we could want. But like. My wife was always upset because emotionally I wasn't there. I'm thinking about what I got to do in order to pay this $3,900 a month mortgage. And like, I think like, at least for me, like, I mean, our parents ain't like real people until we get old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Until we get older. Like, you just, <laughs> you just there. This is like procedural. You know what I'm saying? I don't think about like your feelings or if you can do any of this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I talk about all the time where, where, um, uh, uh, I was I got into a cracking up at Michigan State. I came back and um, there was I was I needed a car. I was on vacation. I needed a vehicle and needed to get to work or whatever. And they was gonna co-sign for me a car. I wanted them to co-sign for me a car and shit. Uh, uh, first I called my brother, asked him to do it. I didn't know you was going through some shit down there. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But I was I'm like, they gonna co-sign for me a whip? So my parents. Like I didn't even I nothing about me thought about another person and what they may have going on. Right. I was just offended. I was so fucking mad I moved out. I wasn't even talking to them. Passing messages to him. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even think about them as regular people. Right. Who may who the fuck know if you had the money? Who knew if your credit score could even support you co signing for somebody? Who knew any of that shit? You know what I'm saying? It was just, well, like I didn't even see I didn't even my dad wasn't even like a real person until I heard him on a, after he had a heart attack. I heard him on the phone, a bill collector called and I picked up the phone and I heard him talking and like he was just recovering from a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? They called him about bills and shit. I'm like, I, I mean, I was just on the phone listening to shit because, you know, that's what niggas do. But like, like you, wait a minute. Like my father. Why don't you have a million dollars in the my, bank? My father sounds weak because like. He got a fucking, you know what I'm saying? He literally just, like, 
you hold on like this a human yeah. <laughs> like you know what i'm saying but but i remember a similar experience like i remember it was like a maybe something was wrong with my car i had a cadillac in 12th grade and i remember i had like some electrical problems with it and i remember taking it to the shop and it was like 1200 to, to get it fixed and i was like all right well you know just do what the fuck y'all gotta do and my parents would pay for it and I come pick the bitch up. And I remember my dad talking to, like, I remember him having a private conversation with my mother. And I remember him saying, like, dude, like, what can we move around to help Damon with the car? And I'm just thinking, like, y'all ain't got two racks sitting around? Like, what you mean you got to move something? Like, I heard my mama. Brokies? Talking to my aunties or whatever, like, speaking on my behalf, like, oh, he pays this or now. And I'm thinking, like. Y'all don't want to do it, but y'all want one of my aunts or some shit to do it? Like, it never crossed my mind. I still never asked them, like, what if they just couldn't? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but what, it wasn't even your business, though. Because at this point, I'm a grown-up. I'm 22, maybe. You are a grown-up. But living in your house, eating, I'm not paying no rent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just blowing through. My, I'm on the weekends. I'm out. And then I come in the house eating. You know what I'm saying? Like Come home <laughs> Sunday night, Monday morning. and Like, you're in and out the house. Like, Nothing about that said, what if they can't do it? I just was offended. I was just mad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not, <laughs> it's not it's, fair. No, it's not. I never thought all the, the, any of the bad shit I did, like, yo, how would that impact my parents? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, like, can you believe this motherfucker did this shit? All the shit. I don't know what they did to, to keep the fucking lights on. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know why how I got there, but mm-hmm. we here. Yeah. But anywho, she know how uh, we got there. So I, I was <laughs> asking the question. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it seemed like you didn't want to play it safe, and I think I didn't though. That the safe route that the parents be trying to give us, it really do be what's best for us. What's best, yeah. Because they be the they they be the ones with more experience, and as a insert. 30 year, 38, 39, 40 year old person. Cause shit, when I was in high, when I'm graduating high school, my mama must have been 38, 39 years old, mm-hmm. which is, I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? So my, I'm thinking of like me with a high school student. I don't feel like an adult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't feel like a grown up, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm 40 with a college yeah. student. Like, but I feel you. I feel you. But like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, God damn, I don't think like what they got to do to to give us this life. I just know that they said some shit to do and I don't want to do it. Like I have no idea what kind of drama or, or, or that that put on them. When I look back on it, my dad was right every fucking step of the way. I shouldn't have been juggling between four, five, six different women in my life. I should have buckled down and focused on one and just making that shit work i should have went to college got a degree so i could have a stable career and just made that shit work mm-hmm. i should have purchased a, a nice modest home and just lived in it and upgraded that bitch to what i wanted it to be if it's one thing i do i think about i don't think my parents push me to make a decision to go to college because i got accepted to a bunch of them but I was running around on some girl and I never made a decision and they never like, I'm a, y'all tell me what to do. I do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't ever like, all right, well, I remember them asking like, so what you about to do? But I never, like y'all never told. <laughs> so you, you stay in the night or what you about to do? That's <laughs> no, what it's like, like. You know what I'm saying about like college applications and shit like that. But like, yeah. 
I don't. No one ever be like, look, you, you nigga, you need to apply, or we need to start doing some financial aid or some shit. Yeah. It just went. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. What you want to do? And that was like seriously. That was their question. What do you want to do? And I just wasn't mature enough to make that decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't. I, I wasn't mature enough. That they probably thought I was mature enough because. You smart kid, great, all that shit you do. But, like, I, I don't think I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? I, I probably needed a push. Like, nigga, this shit right here. Like, I, I, I was looking for for this gig I got now. I had to find my diploma. They need a copy of it. And in my diploma, I found, like, three other schools I had ex- that I didn't even remember that I applied to that accepted me at different colleges. I just didn't go to college. And it's not that I didn't get in. Like, I just didn't go. Like I literally, it just <laughs> the, the time just passed. I just, I just didn't go. Like you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Good stuff. Um. Do you have a hard time making and or keeping friends? No. Okay. I need to get rid of some. Mm. Like, no, what do you consider them all your friends? Like, is everybody your friend? No, everybody's not my friend. Um, I've had pretty much the same friend group uh, 20 plus years. I mean, most recently I added some 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 new people into the fold. But my friend group has pretty much been the same um, since I've been for a long time. But I don't have a problem making friends. Uh, I'm a, for the most part, I can be very outgoing. Okay. Uh, Mine is a lot like Jay. Most of my friend group has been there bare minimum 20 years. Uh, but like this, there are a few like solid niggas I've met like in the last couple years. And like, I do consider those gentlemen like friends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, but I don't have a hard time making friends or, or maintaining friendships. I guess that's the one relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's digging at something, but that's like a one relationship that I'm, I can maintain. Um, responsibility from just friends is different though I think it's different kind of back to that work question because I've been working since I was 16 and probably been in the streets at the same time but all of my jobs I'm like either if not the best worker like Second best worker. I'm like, I've been trainers of all of the. Um, so like, if a manager or someone new comes in, I have to train them. So I'm like basically training bosses. So I'm like, I, I have a saying like, I'm the truth. Like Benny first CD at all my jobs. So since I'm always at work, that's where a lot of my acquaintance and friends come from. Okay. Um, I think guys have a, a easier time keeping friendships together i think your relationships are they're not as some of my they're not catty but some of my friendships that i've had to cut off like it was almost like we were in a relationship like are you my man like i didn't text you this morning because i was didn't text you this morning like yeah. what's like weird stuff but that's a whole nother. i think i'm also pretty understanding and like i let everybody be themselves mm-hmm and sometimes niggas have bad days and I don't hold it against them, niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just know personalities and I don't, I, I, don't nobody tell me what's going on in their life. A motherfucker don't want to talk right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't talk. 
I'm not the nigga to be like, how come y'all didn't invite me or mm-hmm. or look at something where it's like, yo, I think I should have. Like, I don't, I don't catch. I don't have a grudge. I don't. I just. I'm just. I don't know. What do you feel like your role is in your friendship group? Uh, I think I give good advice. Um, I'm always the yo. How you fix this? You know what I'm saying or mm-hmm. type shit. Um, years ago when I went through the the. The, you know, I'm a 10 foot had Titan currently, but like when I was going through that, you know what I'm saying? I was a nigga would always got some wild or crazy shit to say. Mm-hmm. But then over the years, niggas called me and asked me what I think about certain shit. I'm like, it went from you the crazy one to what's up? What's, what's up with this particular item and shit? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you think your role is? Uh, I think sometimes I'm, I can be the friend that can mediate between the other ones. Uh, I know like in the, and like the guys that I grew up with, we all been brothers since, you know, six, seven years old. But you know, when a nigga is your brother, sometimes he know how to tap dance on your feelings and emotions a little bit differently. And sometimes, you know, we joke with each other all day, but like you say, it might be a bad day for me and I don't, I ain't in the mood for your fuck shit today. Yeah. So like maybe somebody got like offended and ain't said it to the other nigga yet. Like I can, like I can make light out of that shit. Like nigga, like we, we talk shit about each other's mamas all the time. Like nigga, just today was just your day and we can, and I can help like I is, is done with instead of like letting shit linger. And I know a lot of niggas come to me with like, you know, shit they don't want other people to know because, like, I ain't going to, you know, I ain't going to say shit. Like, if you come to me with some confidence, like, that conversation between you and I till till I'm deaf. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you can, you can, this is a brand you can trust. Mm-hmm. Man, back to the friendship, right? I think everybody in different friend groups, everybody got, like, they quote-unquote positions and shit. Mm-hmm. And I try not to, I, I try not to, like, I don't, want to have to like you don't have to be the fronty friend right you don't have to be the tough friend you don't have to be this like i just want to be a person you know what i'm saying so i don't i'm i don't know if it's always been this way but i don't want to be the one known for something so to speak i just want to be here uh chop it up with you you know what i'm saying you want to confide in me or some shit like that like that's just what it is you know what i'm saying i just try to be solid but like i don't want to you don't have everybody don't have to have yo this the player mm-hmm. this the funny one this the fighter this the such and such I just want to be yourself yeah be. Um, uh, people tell me everything so I guess I'm the confider um, I always make um, I guess I'm the funny guy you know I like to tell a joke here and there where people tell me I'm funny uh, I'm always the enforcer. Nobody telling you funny. Uh I've always been the enforcer. I hate bullies. Uh, I get that from my mom. So even though like we the smallest ones, we always making the, the biggest noise somehow, some way. Or at least being the protector. Uh, kinda like the bridge. Like, going back to that question about the family and stuff, so, like, if some part of the family's not getting along or mm-hmm. yeah, don't hang nice. out so much with the other side of the family, I'm that that bridge. Yeah, you don't got to play that role, though. 
Cause that shit is not that don't work to your benefit all the time. It, 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 and you try to you try to bridge people that don't need to be bridged and you hang with folks. Right. That shit is not is everything is bad that it comes to you come from you trying to be you trying to do something that that's not your role. You don't gotta do that shit. But I'm the peacemaker. Uh-huh. To your own detriment. Yeah. I never said it worked it, I never said it I'm worked well work. for me. Okay. <laughs> how would you um how would your past romantic partners describe you? Uh I have talked to all of them within the last couple of weeks. Okay. Um I uh I think they will I think they speak about me fondly. Um how would they describe you as a partner? Uh, I know one would say I was emotionally unavailable. Uh, she swore I was cheating. I was not, but I was not emotionally. Un- I was not available. I was. If y'all listen to the pod, uh, a couple years. I mean, a couple. Well, I don't know. A couple weeks ago, like I just thought she was regular, random request. Regular requests were like so. Mm-hmm fucking restrictive mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because i came out of a relationship where everything was restrictive and i tell you what you said you were a good guy and that kind of like changed you that relationship yeah i mean i'm like i can i'm a good guy now but like i was like a really really a good mm-hmm. guy you know what i'm saying and that shit changed me but um that other one sort of today point right so, so me and this young lady, uh, were friends and like around the holidays, um, like our house burned down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, this is when I was in my first apartment, like on eight mile and telegraph or some shit. And, uh, she about to go stay with someone. I'm like, just come over here. It's going to be for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Get your little refund check in January or some shit. And, um, then she moved in. Right. And it wasn't, we wasn't like together or no shit like that. But then we ended up being in a relationship like for some years. Mm-hmm. Oh, in my back of my mind, I always kept thinking like, well, what if your house didn't burn? Like, you know what I'm saying? I kind of felt like we was put together, but like, what if? Mm-hmm. And I was talking to other people, you know what I'm saying? But like, and I stopped talking to people because of this situation. So I, I fucked, I think I sabotaged that shit in my own thinking like, what if this not really supposed to be this way? It's supposed mm-hmm. to be something else. What if the person I was talking to, if your house didn't burn down, would this have ever even happened? Or, or you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, I think I, well, I 100% ruined that one. Okay. Just being not available and on top of being in, coming out of a restrictive relationship, doing music and doing, I'm out and about. I, I'm, I need to be everywhere. And like, you're just trying to, like, yo, I'm just trying to chill. Now, I do have a question about some, uh, something you've mentioned before. Yeah. You said that. Usually you make them break up with you yeah. somehow. So do you feel like you sabotage when you're over? You kind of just start sabotaging. I so I come to that conclusion later. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. that really, I didn't know how to say I, I'm not happy or I don't want to be here. So it was just like a you uh uh. And then that's just what happened. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like that's a pattern. Like I'm really don't want to be here no more. So let me just. Yes. I'm going to sabotage this. 
not even thinking that you're doing it, but that's that's what's happening. Uh, that happened in two of my relationships. Okay. Uh, the ones afterwards, no. Okay. Uh, how would people that date me describe me? Probably as a as a dirty motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> not nice. Maybe a little bit cold. I'm not. I can be not very emotional or compassionate at times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll self admit I'm. I can be a tad selfish. Okay. Come on, it's time to share this. <laughs> so uh, recently, I've been. Uh, I, I, I might have been called a narcissist before, but I, uh, I've been called a narcissist, and I am a Pisces. Um, I guess, um, I'm sweet, I'm innocent, I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy. And then after a while, I am, I do all these sweet things. And then I don't know what happened. I guess like reality click in or something or, uh, Logic, the logic don't match. Or, I don't know. But when I am turned off, for whatever odd reason, I do try to sabotage it mm-hmm. and have them break up with me because <clears throat> when I try to do the grown up thing and sit them down, like, look, it's been a change of heart. Uh, it's never, re- it's never taken. It, it's mm-hmm. so uh, you. It's why don't you want me? It's like I'm wrong for not wanting you. Mm-hmm. And you you gonna leave on your terms? I mean, to be fair to y'all, I think most men do that. In my experience, it's kind of like I'm just gonna. I, I did. I didn't do that one time, and that was the worst experience ever. Like I felt like such a bad person. So because I didn't want, like, because I didn't think it was. It was the worst shit ever. Like I would have rather just you dump me because yeah. it did not. I, I didn't feel what, like when somebody like like you and love you, and you don't want to be like that's some hurtful shit to hear. To somebody that you actually still care about, yeah. right? For the most part, I don't think men try to hurt your feelings. I don't. I don't go out of my way, but like if if I'm ripping a bandaid off and you start crying, like it, you know, we ain't stopping. Like this, this, this train and already left. Uh, but like for me, like I don't have no problem like breaking up. And when I do it, it can be like maybe shit's not going well, and it's going to lead to that. Or maybe I could just wake up Tuesday and be like, you know what, I don't want this shit no more. And I be done with it. And I don't be trying to be like an ass about it, but the Lord ain't made a woman I can't walk away from. So like when I be done, I fucking be done. Like there's nothing that's going to change my heart. And, and maybe I don't set out with the intentions of being cold. But for me, I know that like if I leave you with a glimmer of hope, you're going to think that, you know, maybe when I'm not mad, this shit can calm back down. But like once I'm off a of bitch, I'm off of her. That's fair. I don't care what people call me, dog. I don't, I don't get no fuck with. If I don't want to be with you, like, ain't, you can't love me into wanting to be with you. You mm-hmm. can't present this relationship as the best thing in the world, like, if I don't want it, because I could want everything that you want mm-hmm. the cars, the marriage, the home. I just don't want it with you. Mm-hmm. That's a hard pill to solve for some people. Well, for a lot of people. For most people. For a lot of people. Well, dang, with your mind, girl, if it ain't, not what, your heart. What T.I. say? If it ain't that you don't do one. He said something it like that. You, it ain't you. It's not that you don't deserve it. It's that I don't want to give it. Mm-hmm. The life you want to live, I, I don't want to live, live it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You deserve I can't it. Can't be your man. Yeah. Okay. What are your strengths? I don't know. I have a hard time complimenting myself, despite the intro. About <laughs> to say the whole intro in real life. I I don't. I have a hard time. But okay, but, I'm good at. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you kind of already did it by just describing how your family would describe you, coworkers, friends, relationships. So, in there somewhere, our strengths. Um, I. So look, this ha- I seen this something. This is haunting me for a while. This is everything I know is met. Uh, music lyrics and TV show lyrics. I mean, scripts and whatever. But on, I think it was either, I don't know if it was Boston Legal or if it was The Practice. But James Spader, he said, I have the ability uh, to make a person feel like the only person in the world to make them feel great and everything. And then I have the ability to make them feel the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stick in my mind, but it's never on purpose. But if like, um, I do, I mean, generally speaking, uh, I, I like to, I mean, I'm a touchy person, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to touch and feel, you know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, I, I go out of my way to, to, to do certain things. Um, acts of service, I guess that would be it. Mm-hmm. Um, generally I put others before myself. Uh, to my own detriment. Um, uh, I mean, I'm a conversationalist. That's a good list for somebody that can't compliment themselves. But I don't, the first one, I don't know that was a compliment. That's like a. <laughs> Which is your strengths? Yeah. Uh, hmm, I think uh, that's all I got. Uh, I think I'm resilient. And I feel like I'm a problem solver. Oh, you talking about like in general or like in a relationship? Oh, I'm sorry. Just in general. Oh. Just your strengths in general. You already answered. You have a good, good list though. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about like relationships. Oh, no, just in general. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I like to think of myself as being a resilient. Like I feel like I can survive. Mm-hmm. Like I can go through anything and I feel like at the end of the day, like I'm going to come out of that shit. And I feel like I'm a problem solver because, like, if some shit go wrong in my life right now, tonight, as soon as I leave this bitch, I ain't got nobody else I can, like, call and, like, depend on. Ain't nobody going to loan me no money, come pick me up. I mean, not niggas will come pick me up. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure if I blew a tire, Jason or Wayne would come get me. But, like, when it comes to, like, real shit happening in my life. You know, like I don't list nobody as an emergency contact when I go to the hospital. Like if something happened, like niggas, it's me. Nobody? I don't. I don't. If something, I, I always list my own number because, like, you know, how are you gonna call you? Uh, who else I got to? I, Would I don't you consider want, listing your adult son now? I thought about it, but somebody like, gotta call and somebody tell gotta people. make a yeah, they gotta, they gotta tell. Or shit, your, your first your, your ex wife. Somebody gotta tell your children if something goes wild. What you mean? Because they never start making their own decisions. So, I, so I have a, a a living directive. Okay, you know, so I've I've made my own decision that if you know resuscitate the fuck out of me, keep keep doing it. 
Uh, just, <laughs> you know, and don't let me be no vegetable. Now, if it come down to a point where, like, I'm going to be a cucumber for life, like, nigga, come tell me goodbye. But what if, so look, when niggas be the quote-unquote vegetable, what if you and your brain having, like, the best dream ever? Like, or you... Like we don't know what the Take fuck is going me on to inside. The wall. Meredith on gray. Yeah, like we don't know what's going on inside. We did like nigga, this movie he ain't moving. To be baptized. Take me to the Lord, nigga. Glory hallelujah. All right. Like who the fuck knows what's going no, on? No, nigga, inside? like like take my body off. Like, so I come from a family like where we don't we don't celebrate. Like once you did, your body is just the shell. Yeah. Like if 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 the shell that's all you know is the shell. You don't know my brain. You don't know my soul. Like if the shell is dead, let me go. Let me go to the other side. I promise you, I'm not gonna fuck with y'all. Just let, just <laughs> let me go and be all right. And I'd rather have people have the memories of me being like this, wow, vivid, loud, you know, all of that shit. Like don't, don't, don't hang on to daddy just because you want me here. Like right. you know who I am. I get that, but you say that because we have no idea what's going on when you just sitting there. But what if that was the shit? Like you, because no one can. I don't like, have nobody I can tell it was the shit. I know what I'm saying is because we don't know. We assume it's bad. Like yo, well the nigga ain't moved in two weeks, man. So let's go ahead and pull this plug. That nigga if, been. That nigga, you can be in that motherfucker astral projecting. You could be look. You can be floating around the fuck. Like who if, knows what the if fuck you is going are feeding on? me through a tube and changing my diaper. Let me the fuck <laughs> go. Just let me go. Don't. I don't want y'all to do. I don't want you my go kid. Go to the dialysis a couple times a week. And nigga, if and and if I die, if I if if I'm turning into a vegetable, y'all go on with y'all lives. Daddy has left y'all. Now, if I don't got no brain activity, that's something different. But if my brain activity still there, and I just ain't and, woke up. And all who I, the fuck knows what's going on? Look, man, Daddy done left y'all insurance policies. Y'all will be okay. Just just love and remember me for which. Nigga, y'all got six years. If you have some questions about me, y'all got six years worth of data you can just listen to if mm-hmm. you miss me. It's videos that's going to be there and it's going to live forever. You have an accurate depiction of your father. Let that shit just go. Yeah, I ain't watched it. I've I just finally been able to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I did to the phone or whatever happened. Or oh, I put a new screen on that phone and then it was able to work. And I was like, yeah, let me go. I don't know. If I got brain activity now, I mean that I can be that motherfucker doing anything. But Jason, you can't you can't communicate that you got brain activity. Nigga, the machines tell me I got brain activity. What All you, you doing is the about? Harlem shake, nigga. Who said you shaking? So when you sleep at night, they should unplug you? Your <laughs> brain is moving, your body not. If it's a chance that I'm never going to wake up from this sleep state, yes. Yes, unplug me. Good shit. Good shit. Do you think? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, we don't know what the, like, that shit could be the yeah. shit in that motherfucker. Could be. You could be out here. That's a conspiracy theory that you just going to have to, nigga, we'll never know. We'll never know. Nigga, we pull your plug, my nigga. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> pull your shit. Um, how do you handle conflict or how do you deal with conflict? Like a car crash, head the fuck on. I like that shit. I like that shit. Something about confrontation make my teeth feel, make me feel effervescent. I like that shit. I don't care who it is, my nigga. If it's a a chance, (laughs) like 
when I see it, I don't want to run from it. I like to look that shit dead in his fucking eye because it's going to be whatever the fuck it's going to be right now. Like, I... Like I, this is why this is why when he be like we the same person we are not the same person I, you know what I'm saying I, I don't handle every conflict the same I'm not no running. no you you are you you're definitely like when it comes between like you we've had conflicts with people here at the studio I'd be like well let's go see them niggas and Jay would like nah we shouldn't handle <laughs> it but like I had a I've talked about it before on the show the girl I maced I ran into her a few weeks. In, in a grocery store. She called my name and I knew who it was. I didn't even have to turn around. I said, it's her. And I knew she, I knew she was feeling, I heard through the grapevine, she was still feeling away about it. Mm-hmm. And I, why was she I mean, feeling away? Her, her like you said a shit like, I'm not, like a person shouldn't be upset. It's, I get it. It's She's, been over a decade. Like, let that shit go. One of the kids, I want, one of them kids are dead. So I mean, like, it's, it's really dead. Let it go. But, but she, she probably saw the video. Are you talking about it? All right. Well, she felt away. She felt away. And I seen her in the grocery store and I could tell by her posture, like, yeah, like she, you, you want to get something off your chest. I, and, and I, and I tell niggas every day, like, nigga, if you think this is the ride you want to take, tickets are available 24 seven. And I, when I saw her standing in the grocery store, I just stopped. It's like time was just suspended around us and we locked eyes. And in my mind, bitch is going to be whatever. Cause I'm not the type of nigga that shy away from hitting a bitch in the face. So, I mean, if this is what it's going to be, this is what the fuck is going to be. Just, just, just let's get to it. I like confrontation. I'm not the type of person that's gonna shy away from hitting a bitch in the face. If it comes, if it come to it, you a grown man though, right? I am. It don't. It don't so it don't come to something that you don't want to happen. You got the ability to make. No, sometimes no, no, no. Wait, let me get this off. You got the ability to control any situation. So if you want to hit a woman in the face, and that's the type of person you saying you is. I don't wake up today like, oh, I'm gonna go to the grocery store and I'm gonna start punching women. No, I don't. I don't do that. But I understand how confrontation works. It could go from words and pushing and fighting, or you could walk away. Well, that's that. That's that. Try me thing that I said earlier. Mm-hmm. When people try me, I can't go to sleep at night, nigga. That shit. It's like PT. It's gonna keep me go up at night. <laughs> it probably it don't take no shit off of nobody. It's gonna keep me up at night. So I feel I felt like And I sleep easy at night knowing don't nobody wanna fight me. Don't want nobody wanna hurt me and shit. I'm not about to to waste my time. I can do damage to anybody I wanna do damage to, but for what? Like I'm not I'm not even worried about I can't let that, that shit go. I can't. Who I did can't. something to you that you didn't do back? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody I, got one over you or some shit? Somebody got something that they, that you you trying to Make up for? I don't know, cause I feel like I honestly, it may I may not get you like tomorrow, but I'm coming back. I'm 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 spinning the block. You feel like you lost a, a, a confrontation and you don't ever want to feel that again? What's the confrontation? Cause I can see it in your face. <laughs> I can I can I don't want to say the nigga name, but I know him by name. I know him by name. That nigga still got control over you. If I see that nigga tomorrow, if I see that nigga tomorrow, right, we I'm, can square up what I'm and we can is, settle it. If you got a perceived loss, right? D'Angelo Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you, so it sounds like you got a perceived loss 
and I'm never going to feel that way again. So I'm going to address conflict because I didn't address the conflict in this one situation where I should have. So I'm going to address every other conflict and I'm going to overdo it because I didn't do it in this one time. Forget your younger self, my nigga. You was probably a kid. Like, get off. Like, forget yourself. <laughs> I'm glad. It, like, I can see that nigga's face. I've seen him through. Like, <laughs> he he had he had achieved a certain level of success in Detroit at while he was in high school. He was like a big time PSL athlete. By that time, like, you know, life had changed for both of us. We we about the same size now. So like I would go places that I knew like these type of niggas be at. Cause when I see them, like now it's yeah, but you still ain't do nothing to them. I, I never ran into them. That's the thing. I would go to places that I knew like the other niggas hung at. Like he should be here. Cause, cause he hang with these niggas. Nigga, he should be here tonight. Nigga, and when I see him, this should have been you've been carrying this shit for twenty one years. <laughs> you've been out of high school for twenty one years, my nigga. Nigga, this shit go back further than high school. Why do a nigga got that much control? Of you, know, let it go, my nigga. Like for real, you gotta let it go. Forget your younger self. I thought I saw that nigga in church, Jay, and I felt the drum starting to beat in my head. But listen, I said it's gonna happen in the house of the Lord. I hear you, but you you got jokes right now, right? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm being Jay. Jay, I was I was sweating. No. I was sweating and, and like breathing different because I felt like if this nigga that's anxiety. is here, that's nah. anxiety. <laughs> Like you went back to the place where you were scared and you got anxiety. But I wasn't scared no more. Like I, rage now. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I felt primal when I thought I saw that nigga. We can get the jokes off, but at some point, forgive yourself for not acting in your mind like a man or whatever the fuck. Like, come on, my nigga. I don't know how to let it go. I mean, we are, it's like fight and flight and freeze. We don't talk about that. Yeah. I freeze oh my God. before I attack. I don't know but, how to let it go. But I mean. I get it. It was a situation where I froze up, and I'm kind of like, I think about that sometimes. Like, oh well. Man, I figure like this. I take an L in a situation. I probably have another. If this shit happened again, I have another go at it. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not. So this could be my ego, but I'm not about to let a motherfucker have that much control over me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just can't. So can I? Got ahead of me. I got knocked out, and I heard him count to three. Damn. So look, I I'm gonna share a brief story time with Dave, and I'm not gonna reveal the names of these people. But I got into a confrontation with somebody that's very close to my family, uh, somebody who's who's loved and revered in my family. I got into a confrontation with this motherfucker. We got to fighting broad daylight on a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget that shit. It's broad daylight Sunday afternoon. We fight. Now I snuck him because I. He had said something happened between us earlier. I didn't like how it ended. Mm -hmm. I saw an opportunity to get even with the nigga. I snuck him and I was on his ass. I I was carrying this. I was carrying a little, little two five at the time. You know, I, I, I dumped a clip out, smacking him over the head with it. He leaking. But Dwayne in my, in, in this very instance, I, I, I remember saying in my head, I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm going to t I had decided in that moment that I was going to take his life. This is broad daylight on a Sunday afternoon. Like it's it's springtime. It's people outside. That's rage. It's people outside watching me assault this man. Mm. I picked I, I grabbed a gun. I reloaded. I cock it. I st he's he's unconscious. I stand over him 
and I'm I'm processing like he's about to die now. Mm-hmm. And somebody I knew yelled out the window like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't like you're going to kill him. And in that moment, I like whatever trance I was under, I just came out of that shit. Like I, I realized like where I was, what was going on. I'm in a residential area. There's 10 to 15 people outside looking at me standing, no mask or nothing on, just standing over this man with a gun and, you know, looking like I'm looking like I'm about to kill him. And I just I just put the gun in my pocket. I just left. I tossed the weapon and I was just and and I was just done with it. But like that rage in that moment, that rage was so strong. Like I was willing to take his life. That's very interesting. I feel so heavy. You gotta figure out where that rage comes from. I feel so heavy talking about that shit. I missed the whole story. I had to pee, man. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) You can play. You can play it back later. Um, I was. I wanted to kill somebody, and I and I done it, and I came real close to like not the actual murder. No, I came close to like the actual like murder aspect, or in my mind, I I felt like I was. Okay. How do you handle conflict? Oh yeah, you don't even want to answer. It, matter of fact, go ahead, go ahead, gentlemen. No, <laughs> I need I need a moment. <laughs> I don't handle conflict well. Well, like I say, it depends on who I'm in conflict with. Like present time, I'm having a situation with my neighbors next door. They're mm-hmm. um, Caucasian. Um, the lady, she's a, sh- a, a sheriff. I don't know if the you should probably not conflict with her. Clearly, but. The, the people who the my my uh, girlfriend at the present time wants to keep going at it with these people. I'm like, you don't even stay here. Mm-hmm. So you gonna get everybody thrown out of here just by messing with these people. So mm-hmm. it's like some fights you don't have to fight. Mm-hmm. But um, other issues, like I'd have had a shootout on my front porch. Uh, I, I went to prison. For a thirty-second decision, got me forty-two months. So I mean, if somebody, if, if it's like a challenge, then we gonna square it. That's a fact. I'm a warrior. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, we gonna, I'm a gladiator. I'm a warrior. I've been fighting all my life. I like that. I'm a gladiator. <laughs> I've been knocked out. I've been stabbed. That's just about to fight, though. Like you, you just got to. Bats. You got to. Yeah, you ain't got to do nothing. No, no, and so, and, my, my, yeah, no, I, no. I've seen a lot. I've in, in some know situations, saying? you you have to. You one hundred percent. In some situations, you have to. In other situations, you do not. And you can remove yourself from a situation because I can't, like we talked about earlier. I can't walk away. Like you can that. walk away. That that I can't shit is weak to me because niggas be grown as fuck with responsibilities and children talking about. I can't do this, but niggas will swear I do anything for my kids. Well, walk the fuck away. The one thing I hate to hear people say is I'll go to jail or hell for you. Because you will go to jail and you will go to hell. hell. Like that, oh, I can't. So, like we said on other podcasts, I'm a violent person. Well, I can be violent. I tell people. But our situations where it's like. I'd rather shoot you before I will. But it's like, listen, 
I, the re- I handle conflict differently depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. I want to avoid conflict at all costs. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, why? I, I don't want you being an asshole, you being whatever, whatever. Now I'm going to inconvenience my life mm-hmm. in my life or go to pr- whatever, whatever. You know, some, some shit is worth it. To your point, mm-hmm. when he had to shoot out on the front porch. That's when I started buying all my guns. <laughs> that's when that's when I got into the version of myself now. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I left Comcast with a shirt and a tie, and then we sitting in the crib waiting for somebody to come back. You know what I'm saying? It was over that. Over some dumb shit that he should have walked away from. I did try to walk away. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it's not the, the whole, I can't. No, the fuck you can't. You don't want to. Now, the real question is, why don't you want to? Because if it's because something happened when you was younger, when you had a situation where you thought you should have acted, and now every situation, every situation, this presents itself, I'm going to overreact. Like Will Smith. Like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Like, now that's now you hurting yourself. Forgive your younger self for a situation that happened, and you, you, I wanted this to look. I've been, I've been in situations where yo, this didn't look the best for me. I can let that shit haunt me. Well, like, well. I'm fairly sure this shit never gonna happen again, but I'm not about to go look it out. But that whole I can't mentality, it got to go in general. One of the memes said, like, instead of I can't is where I'll try to do better in that situation and Mm -hmm. shit. Like, come on, man. Like, we on some, some God shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we so, like, we can do whatever we wanna do. You a resilient motherfucker. You done been through everything. You know what I'm saying? The last couple years. You don't got to do a goddamn thing you don't want to. Now the real question is, why don't I want to? Why don't I want to walk away? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's, that I feel know. like go back to what your dad said. That's how I mean. What our parents? That's why it's so important. Like how you speak to your children is important, whether they realize it or not, or whether you realize it or not as an adult. Like a lot of that stuff, even from infancy in your mama womb, the stuff she was saying to you, the stuff she was listening to. Your parents' arguments, conversations, like, you ingested all of that. Yeah. The way she was feeling, like, everything. So, like, that still plays out in your life. Like, I've heard stories about my father and when he, you know what I'm saying? He's a very calm person on the on the outside. I don't, you know, we <laughs> saw him not get calm. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? But, like, he a very calm. I'm fairly sure I'll probably get some shit from him. It's a lot of shit. Like, he said one time, he was like, Man, I ain't I ain't having one every fight I've been in. But everybody I fought don't want to fight me no more. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, oh, I'm cool with that. Maybe I won't win this situation, but this person doesn't want to enter this situation with me again. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. what your parents, what your, your 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 inner circle, the shit that you, the people, your brain trust, like all that shit matters. It, it's it give you the instructions how you live life, mm-hmm. and all that shit pick up. And unfortunately, sometimes that shit don't be good for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the shit ain't good for me. You know what I'm saying? How I handle certain situations or how I, or me comparing myself to, for, to different people or, but all that shit matters. But ultimately, like I said before, when you said things that make you angry, mm-hmm. it's like when people don't make decisions for themselves or they don't know, like you can make a decision to do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And I get frustrated with myself when I don't make the right. Like when like, yo, you know what you should be doing in this situation. Mm-hmm. And how the fuck did you do the same shit again? Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck did you do the same shit again? 
But I think people fall into like two categories. It's like thinkers and doers. Like, of course, you do both. But in like conflict, especially, it's like, I'm going to think about it. And then I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then some people just going to do it. When I commit to doing it, it's getting overdone. Yeah, it's done. It's getting overdone. But I'm going to try not to do that. Is is because <laughs> I've thought about it and I, I this is pre contemplated like it's done because as we say on this pod a lot of times I'm not cuffing up so it got to be re- it got to be really it got to really be that for it to go to it. but you can make a decision like if, if if you say you can't do it then you're right if you say you can do it then you're right but I'm sure there's plenty of conflicts you walked away from. I don't feel like maybe find I, the conflict to walk away may, from maybe, next week. Maybe I haven't taken it. Maybe I, all of them I don't have to take to the extreme, mm-hmm. you know, but like I look at conflicts of people at work, like per my last email is a confrontational statement to me. And if I don't like being talked to like that, cause I can read. Uh-huh. I, I read what was you in sure? your last fucking email. Cause per my last email, you're not following what the fuck I said to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be a con for me. That can be a conflict. Yeah. When we was in the office, I wouldn't respond back to that email. I'm going to get up and come to your desk. And now let's let's have a conversation about it, which is probably very confrontational for an office setting. Mm-hmm. But like, that's how I prefer I mean, to a, handle shit. I mean, that's a professional way to, to, to address those shit. I'm not I'm not like opposed to that shit at yeah, all. I'm about to email you back and forth. Yeah, you got you got one reply. Then it, <laughs> all right, let me come over or let me pick up the phone. Like, hey, what's going on? And based on that, that the voice chat, like, all right, I know what time it is. But but also about confrontation, this is probably the stupid part. Like, I be wanting people to keep the same energy that you entered the confrontation with. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if if I go to 10, if you approach me at 5 and now I'm at 10, don't don't go down to 2. Stay at 5. But they have to because they have to blame you. Not, stay at 5. Stay at 5 because that's well, where I want to re- meet you at. But the 2 is a reaction to your 10. But that's what I want. <laughs> no, but that's not the energy you came with. You came like you was tough. And I don't like I look at also confrontation. I don't want no excuses when we're done. Like, don't say I caught you on a bad day. I wasn't 100 percent. No, I want you to wait till the sun is 75. It's clear skies and you feeling you in the best shape of your life. That's when I want you to come see me because I don't want no excuses when this shit go left. Are you talking about like guys like a fight? Any type of confrontation. You fighting above 40. Like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life that you're getting in, in fist fights at 40 years old? I got to a fist fight a few years ago. I, but, I mean, I get it. I don't get enough. I, I get it. That shit cute. But like, what the that's fuck are you doing? It's not cute. But like, that's really how I His be feeling. Not take no shit that's how I be feeling in my head. Like, you probably have not asked my brass knuckles back. You're not I, getting them back. <laughs> I, 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 really, I had them bitches all yesterday. I really feel like that in my head. Like when like when, when something is starting to go left, like I don't want to walk away from it. I want to walk right into it. So and why are you trying to punish yourself? I've had more success than failures in that. Well, maybe not. I, Do you want to fight for the rest of your life? Nigga, you're not in the best health. You're not about to go scrap it out with some nigga in the streets. You know what? I'm pretty sure you can take care of yourself if you need to, but like, who the fuck is looking for a fight when I got fucking tubes out of me? Like, so, what are you so doing? let me say this. I, I got into a confrontation with somebody about a year ago. Somebody that I, that, that means something to me. Mm. And I've regretted that confrontation the moment that it ended. 
I knew I went too far. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew after when I saw their reaction and how things were turning, I knew I went too far. Mm-hmm. And it's a relationship that's important to me that I would like to mend. And I know things I can't be the aggressor and expect you to get over it when I want you to get over it. Everybody's process is much different. But had I not have gone there, you know, our the the situation would look completely different today than, mm-hmm. than what it currently looks like. It it could have probably been walked out. It probably could have been worked out. It probably could have. They had proposed one way to resolve the situation. And I was just like, nah, because that wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But had I gone with a suggestion, we probably be a one. Wouldn't be no issues. But like I took it to some place that I can't I can't recapture it back from. And that, you know, I, I regret it. I mm-hmm. regret it. <sighs> yeah. Sometimes Damn, it'd be man. like that. Mm-hmm. Like literally, sometimes it'd be like that. And sometimes, you know, I'd be sad if you ask the question, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to be right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And whatever the conversation, whatever the argument, whatever the disagreement is, sometimes you got to be right. Most times, the current version of myself, most times I want to be happy mm-hmm. or at peace. Um, but I mean, it's definitely shit I wish I would have not said to people or not done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to take back. And the only thing you can do is like learn from that shit. Like, ah, yeah. uh, let me be a little bit more careful and calculated. Um, as much as I'm, I do some spontaneous shit, but a lot of things I try to think about first. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, how this gonna play out? Because I want to be, I like to be in control of a situation, mm-hmm. and which is why when there's gonna be a conflict, I try to, I try to think a step or two ahead so I can, I want to be in control. I would be best, it'd be best if I was in control because now I know how to maneuver. You know what I'm saying? What I'm gonna be able to do? What I, what I can't do? Am I going, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I got a bug out bag. Come on. I mean, I, <laughs> but like, I, I try to be in control of a situation as much as I can be. Right. That don't mean like controlling, but I, you, you try to hold some. But it is kind of, it's controlling, not in a bad way, but you try to maintain control. Yeah. At all times. Uh, you want to, I want to, you want to be, I want to be able to stay upright. And whatever mm-hmm. the conflict is, so I can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So uh, I don't handle conflict the same way. Some some of the conflict is anarchy, like fallout anarchy, bring everything. I think once you, if you're, if you sit and you think about something, you think about all the ways it could have gone. And then like that's working itself. And then the person still like just keeps going. And it's like, well, I gave you. Like it was multiple options. It was multiple outs. Yeah. So now I got to take it too far. So no, I'm not sorry. It's like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the, um, it's like, um, you're not going to get what I'm trying. If I, if I tell you to leave me alone or Mm -hmm. did the situation or let's not talk about this and you want to keep bringing it up, you're not going to understand that I don't want to talk about it until I take it to the extreme mm-hmm. and show you that I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I have to act. I think that should be selfish as hell. Irrational or just retarded or uh, totally out of character. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
But like when 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 you were no, I want to talk about it right now. We got to do this shit today. Like that's at least a lot of violent situations. Like come on, man. Like when my motherfucker is self calming, trying to remove himself. No, but we got to talk about it tonight. I don't want. I can't go to like nigga. Can we do this shit tomorrow? Yeah. I'm like and like I. It was this one situation, and I was like, you want to do this shit right now? Like right now, right now. Cause we can do this shit later and it didn't end well. But like, and I often think like, what if we would have had this conversation the next day? Mm-hmm. Shit could have been totally different, but because we, you wanted to talk about it right now. How it gonna go? Do you have people in your life that you're open to receiving criticism from? Like not just listening to it, but like actually hearing it. Receiving it and then like contemplating making changes based off what they said. Yes. Usually, uh, there is what it's like three women in my life who I will take advice from. Or I, like I trust. We've known each other so long, and it, it comes from a place of love that they can tell me something, even if we quote unquote argue about it. I'm one hundred percent gonna listen, and then once I'm finished telling them they wrong, I'm gonna do what they told me to do. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what you told me to do because I know it's coming from a place of love. Um, even if I don't agree, I'm probably still going to try it because I, I'm probably still going to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got people that I, I would take active, that I would take criticism from and try to make active changes with. Uh, there, I do have a few select, like, female friends that I hold their opinion in high, high very high esteem. And then like the the guys I consider brothers because we, you know, I know they have my genuine best interest at heart. They just want to see what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, a couple of media family members because they've known me and they know, you know, how I am. They have my best interest. Uh, but outside of immediate family, it's probably very slim, maybe one or two. If that. Okay. Do you have safe spaces, like a place you can go and just be completely vulnerable, just raw? No. Not even here? No. Okay. I only share partial of my life. This like, you can't listen to this pie and know me because this is only some of me. Yeah, home. I feel like I can just be, you know, I, I live alone, so I feel like when I get there, whatever, you know, barriers I have to put up to the world or, you know, different face I got to show once I walk through my threshold, I don't have to be nobody except who the fuck I want to be. Okay. There's nobody I tell everything to. That's not even like a good, I don't, I'm fairly sure that's not a good thing. Uh, uh, I think. But oh. different people in my life get different vulnerabilities. Nobody had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be the gym. The gym used to be my sanctuary. Um, but it's always like my car. Whatever car I'm in, like it's always my car. I can get in my car. I don't have to be driving. Mm-hmm. I, um, I could be just sitting in the driveway or in front of the house. But I like to sit in the car, put some good music on, and smoke. Mm-hmm. And I am not there. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in the music. Okay. Okay, this is the last question. 
Um, if you could change three things about your life immediately. Well, this is not the second. This is the second to the last question. If you could change three things about your life immediately, what would that be? I know mine. I can go with YJ thinking. I changed my health. Uh, I changed my finances. And one thing that, that bothers me that I don't really kind of talk a lot about, I feel a lot of hurt and a lot of guilt having children spread across multiple households. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to have all my babies up under one roof. Um, I'm, I'm impatient. I'm working on that now. Um, that's that's hurt a lot of my uh, my relationships. Uh, I'm lustful, and it's a financial. I like to get a little more uh, discipline with my finances. But yeah, impatience, a little lustful in my finances. I change all three of them. Hmm. Uh, that's a pretty interesting question. Um, I would change my sense of urgency around certain topics or certain things. Mm-hmm. I always assume that I have more time than I actually have. Um, and I know that's an issue. Um, of course, finances could be better. Um, um, I... I would change my availability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would 100% change my availability. I think that'll fix my life. All three of those things. Okay. So what's stopping you from seeing these changes? What are the barriers? Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I think I kind of... <laughs> I mean, I had a conversation yesterday. I can, I think I'm taking care of one of those things. And hopefully that can free up my availability. Um, uh, which would free up another one of those things. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I think it's just mental. You know, I, this sense of urgency shit. I don't know. Uh, I just, I would just, I'm like, I'm sure I got time to do it. Or or this opportunity will always be here. Or this person will always be here. This, and uh, So you're saying you don't feel this need to do anything like right away? I always think it, I know I should be serious, but I don't know. Maybe it's that, uh, oh, here's what I think that. Uh, whenever there's an issue, some well, sometimes when there is an issue, I can avoid the issue, okay. as if like it's gonna go away, mm-hmm. or like you know what, if I give it some more time, I'll come up with a better expert. I'll be, a, mm-hmm. I'll figure this shit out later. And uh, two weeks from now, it'll all make sense, and I'll just be able to, I'll be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because why couldn't I fix? It? I can fix everything. And you probably should have just started working on that shit mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, you know, my health is a, is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to treatment, I try and follow a pretty stringent diet, you know, get my rest, listen to my care team. 
So I'm working on that. The financial aspect, you know, I've just, you know, secured something different with my employment, which is going to open me up to a larger financial scale. So I mean that that can that part might be handled sooner rather than later. And the last part, the, uh, you know, all my babies in one house, you know, I think there's a few different factors that could help in that. You know, if if I wasn't living alone, like if I had like a partner in the home, Mm -hmm. like that would probably be a little bit easier to sell to the respective mothers and and also to accomplish Mm -hmm. because I would have somebody to, you know, kind of help me pick up the slack beyond my kids. But that's a, you know, I guess going back to that relationship part is hard for me to, Mm -hmm. you know, I want it, but I don't know how to execute it will probably be the best, best thing I can think of. Um, Finances. I can just, I won't say I can just, but um, I'm working on putting myself around more financial literate people uh, and just being, you know, working on my discipline and saving stops having spontaneous splurging and well, I don't really spontaneous splurge no more, but um, with my finance, it's like I can say as soon as I get some money saved up, it seemed like a, an emergency will come up and I have to fix that. Mm-hmm. So everything I save goes to fix that. And I, maybe it's just not that much of an emergency. Um, patience, I don't know how I'm going to work on I mean, I don't know how I'm going to fix that. I'm actually working on that. And lust, I always say I'm the one that can appreciate a pretty flower and not have to pluck the petals. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the flower shows me some attention, then I want the flower. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. I'm a- you know, this shit is a little heavier than what I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, man. I need. I think this is this is good stuff. I think it was pretty good stuff too. Jason, are you fixed? You passed it good. I feel like I'm fixed. But that's the thing. It's not about. It's like it's like there is no fixing it. It's like all of these. I ask the questions I ask, and these are questions that I've been compiling to get the answers or whatever out of people over the last my whole career so 12 years but your relationship so your relationships in all these different spaces and all, at work at home and your relationships is this is all the same person like the way you show up at work is the way you can show up at home the way you show up at home is the way you can show up at work it's all the same person all of that is in there yeah Okay, I I gotta work on that, man. Cause you know I didn't. You, you was you all both said something like that. Rage. I I don't I don't want my mother when she was alive used to call like call it like the Bradley curse. She said my grandfather had a bad temper, my father had one, and then I, and then I I kind of had it, and but things have always made me angry, like that for as long as I remember. And I know when I get there, like I just don't have man, you it's something else. It, it's it's almost like it take control over me and I don't want it to have 
that type of control on me. Have you read the four agreements? I have several times. Like um, the Bradley curse is something that. Like, I, don't, I don't say it. That's what my mother called it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I refuse to like, yeah. when I feel myself getting angry, like, and I, and I think she, she used to say it sort of like in a mocking yeah. type of, so I, I never still, say it. But like when people say that shit, I don't want to give it that power. Yeah. But she gave it un, unwillingly or un, unknowingly gave it a power. And now it's in the back of my head. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? My, my granddad was this way. My pop was this way. I'm going to be this way too. And then we accept it. Yeah. Well, but, we can accept it. I'm gonna say like, cause I can't like, I don't know. But 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 on the flip side, it doesn't have to be that way because I look at like my children. They 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 have my DNA in them. Never tell them about that. I don't. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like and literally, I, never say those words. They don't exist. And I and I thought that like my middle son had like that that rage in him because he used to fight all the time. Mm. But then like when he turned like around when mine was like turning up. His was like turning down. Like he, he not that fighter no more. Like he just go to school, you know, he plays video games. He be into what he be into, but like that level of confrontation that he had from two to 13, once he turned 14, that shit is like the burner on the oven went completely out. Like he just, he's not that anymore. And I don't, I don't know how to, I can't say nothing has changed in his life beyond him being a young man and being more mature. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just like a, a maturity thing in me that I just got to like turn on. The thing about a pattern is you can always disrupt it. Some are harder to disrupt, but if I feel like if an alcoholic who is literally like dependent on alcohol or somebody who's on drugs can get clean and stay clean for however long they can, like, you can control your emotions. I can. That's a fact. I can. Just out of curiosity, though, like, do y'all, I, I think most men know what rage feels like, but do you know, like, in your body what happiness feels like? Mm-hmm. Do you know what sadness feels like? Because mm-hmm. some people do not know. Sadness, yeah, but, like. Um, since I've been home from prison, because when Three weeks before I came home, my mother passed. So I wasn't able to mourn, Mm -hmm. you know. So, like, sometimes I just just start crying. Mm -hmm. Usually, a lot of times it's by myself, like when I'm driving or something. But even at at work sometimes, like, I'll just start crying. It would be like a song or Mm -hmm. a phrase, something that would – I would hear about her with trigger and I'm like, damn. And then I would start crying. So um, I can't really say. Like, I, don't know. I asked because I think it's important to name it. Like if you can name something and identify it, then I think you have a better chance of controlling it. So when I feel myself getting angry, I'm like, okay, I know where this is going to lead. So let me figure out if I can stop it. Cut it off. I know for me, for like, I guess rage or anger. I would get so mad, so worked up that my body would cramp really, really bad. And it would always be my sides. So it's like, if you get into a fight, you can't do anything because you, your, your body's cramped up. Mm. So it's like, you're going to have to try to find a way to, to gauge this or dial it down or start letting some, something go. So I, I've been doing that. I don't, 
it's been a while since I've been at it, like cramped up or something like that. I think for me, like I don't, I know what sadness feels like. I always equate that with like losing my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt that sadness. I'm almost like you, Dwayne. No, I didn't have time to mourn when I was lost. My mother. I was also having another child, mm-hmm. or just had another child. When I was lost, my father. I was also dealing with like a. That was also my last day of being let go at my job. So I'm mm-hmm. dealing with that transition. And then like really the start of like my health journey on my own mm-hmm. was like at the beginning of that. So like I don't feel like I had that cry or that, you know, that one time yeah, where I got yeah, it, yeah. where I got it out my system mm-hmm. because I had to, you know, when he passed, it was like, well, now it's the funeral. Now what are we going to do about this? So the kids, it was you know, taking care of his business. It was just all a, a myriad of things coming at me. But like when I feel happiness, I know like my baby girl got a soccer game tomorrow and, you know, she, she ate, she ain't no, she ain't out there fucking like Pele or Ronaldo or nothing. But like the smile that I know I'm going to get on when she see me walk across the, cause she don't think I'm coming. So I know when she lock eyes in the morning and see me coming across the field, that's that's what happiness mm-hmm. feels like. That that hug that she gonna give me when she see me halfway, like that's that's happiness. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I can learn how to release that feeling when I'm feeling like that level of anger, it'll probably just take me to a whole nother place. You have to surround yourself with those things. The things that make you feel happy. Like uh, graduations, me and my daughter went. Uh, I took her on her first driver's. Well, she's in driver's training now, but the program or the company she dealing with kept pushing her appointments back. So I was like, "Well, I ain't doing nothing today. Let's go for a drive." She was like, "For real?" I'm like, "Yeah, for real." So I took her where my dad took all the kids to drive, and we drove. And she was just like, "Mom always yelling at me." And I'm like. We in a big parking lot with nothing around. Who's gonna? What I got to yell for? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just have fun, learn, get comfortable, and like she loved it. So like me and my daughter, our relationship is that's that's starting to be happy. I, I can see that's being happy. And I just got her a job too. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I'm glad I came to Do we still even talk about the topics, or we just? <laughs> Um, yeah, we are, but we're going to, uh, do that after this episode. We'll drop two. Okay. Maybe we'll split it. All right. Um, I thought that was good, man. Sylvia, where can, uh, other people need help and where can they find you at so they can go see a black therapist that can help them with their black ass problems? Well, that's a good question because up until, uh, this month, I was literally about to quit therapy. I was done with it because um, I started my private practice in 2020, and I just I don't like the business part of it. Okay. Um, but then people started reaching out to me just in regards to therapy and mental health stuff because I I feel like I got my like I think I I feel like I'm inspired again. So I to answer your question, um. I'm not currently taking clients in my private practice because I'm transitioning that. So my business is just going to focus on um, black maternal black maternal health, postpartum. 
that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I most likely in the near future will be partnered with a group practice that's located in Novi. So when I get that up and going, I'll let y'all know. Okay. Sweet. Can we link people to your social or you just keep that? I don't know. My pages are all open. Uh, simply underscore Sylv on Instagram and Twitter. All right. So we're going to just go on to the next episode. No, we're going to end this one. Oh. How we normally end this one. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know we were just like doing two completely separate episodes. I'm sorry. That was just. I mean, this is 220. I'm we about to drop a four-hour episode. So okay. we're dropping in two different. Two different uh... All right. Well, I got a music pick of the week. Uh, my music pick of the week is coming from one of my favorite MCs out of the city of Detroit. Uh, nigga by the name of Payroll. Uh, Pages dropped a new album last week. Oh, fuck. I was trying to sing you the song and I fucked it up. Uh, Payroll just dropped a new album last week, Back to the Basics. The name of the song for my music pick of the week is Good and Rich by Payroll off Back to the Basics. Shit, fuck a bitch. I've been out of state trying to double shit, smuggle shit. Louis on my luggage trying to stuff it to the point the devil couldn't zip. Was doing bad, being good, bad, got me good and rich. Selling the hoes, helping folks and pull myself out. Went to the jeweler with a smirk, pulled the protect out. Carrots on my left wrist for times I was left out. Had to get my posture together and poke my chest out. Looking in the mirror, you a bossy motherfucker. They hand out shit, that's why you lost a motherfucker. Cause payroll got payroll by payroll, so what I say go. Broke niggas acting tough. Get a back row and put your people on that one to help they self. How you gonna stretch bands if you can't stretch yourself? Checking out the club, boy, you better check yourself. Um, whose man's this? I'm gonna save it for next episode because it fuck around be the whole episode. Alright. <laughs> uh, you wanna give us some Benny music? Alright, so <laughs> It's time for the Benny, and this is the part of the show where we always give our guests the first opportunity to go ahead and list their socials and where people can find them. So, as customary, and since you are the only lady in the room, ladies first, Sylvia, please let the people know where they can find you. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at simply underscore Sylv. Um, my business page, nothing's on there, but I'm working on that. It's underscore TSLP underscore. Um, Father's Day is coming up. I am going to be doing a giveaway um, for free postpartum services for a father. So if you know somebody that's expecting, you can ask them. But that's where you can find me. Uh, Suge Wayne on Facebook. And uh, my Instagram right now, I just say Chef underscore Suge underscore Wayne. Uh, you know, I'll be doing my cooking thing sometimes. That's what's up. It's your man's Dame three underscores three one three on Twitter, on Instagram. If you talk to me, I will talk back. You at me, I'm gonna talk about your fat black mother. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know where the fuck you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast. The brand is strong. Uh, what up, though? Shout out to y'all. Tune in. Three hundred and sixteen weeks. Shout out to Sil. For coming through and um, having a really group, good group therapy episode. I guess that's going to be the episode name. Group therapy. Mm-hmm. Or cell therapy. Because I like Goody Mob. Goody That'll Mom. work. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Uh, but I thought that was pretty dope. 
Um, yo, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jan Dance. Hell yeah. Jeez.